And I think this allows me to, to look at the symbols and help people to, to be a mirror, to reflect back to them uh, a more objective, spiritual, real sense of who they are and what they're, what they're here to do. Welcome to The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As a leading manifestation advisor with a process that's, well, radically different from the old New Age model, mine is rooted in psychology, neuroscience, and my energetic gifts. I created this podcast to help you expand your subconscious limiting beliefs about the potential of deserving the manifestations you're calling in. Therefore, you're tuning into this podcast series to show your subconscious that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of manifesting it. So I'm up at the retreat house, which has been incredible. I've been here truly getting a look at what bed rest looks like because I'm trying to heal from this cold that I picked up on the flight home. And it's so easy to bed rest here because it's so grounded and beautiful. And the whole point of it is obviously to retreat. But what's been really special is sitting in front of the huge window we have in the living room. And it's it's literally a forest. So every time you're sitting there, you just see the beautiful color leaves float in the wind and fall. I'm really sitting and watching fall in real time, which I don't really have in LA. So it's been beautiful to sit with nature, sit with myself, and truthfully get a real look at, at what real bed rest looks like. I've been forced, you know, I have this cold, jet lag and also the whole bed rest prescription. And I'm going on seven days of this cold. Usually my immune system will kick something in three and my body, because of, I think the cocktail of all the above is not healing as quickly. So I actually went to my acupuncturist here earlier in order to have him work on me for literally an hour and a half to be like, yo, I'm speaking on Saturday and I have to be well and have a voice for it. Cause today's the first day that I got my voice back. And so he was like cupping gua sha. He did a lot of points. And so I'm really hoping that along with eating now, literally eating a lot of raw garlic and drinking loads of ginger and lemon and wellness formula like wasn't even cutting it and the sleep weirdly has not fully been cutting it so I'm bringing out the big guns now because I I literally was like do I have to get an antibiotic I mean I don't remember when I've had that in my life and I certainly never really turned to them you know but with this tour coming up I was like here's the day I'm gonna start eating a lot of raw garlic so that's been the deal and And in this heavy bed rest, which I'm actually really adjusting into and loving and realizing how much I love it, so many more layers are starting to come up to look at and work through, namely getting to really look at my blocks with perfectionism, my triggers, control, 
and pressure, which I'll come back down to perfectionism. And boy, when I'm doing the DRE, the daily reprogramming exercise, do I get to take a look at where all of that comes from? And then I'm just hitting it really hard with some EMDR and a little bit of Psych K when needed as well, which has been really powerful. It's also allowed me to download new information and new content. So that's been a lot of what I've been up to. Otherwise, I'm really excited. I find myself on Pet Finder a lot. You know, I'll get a ping, go look and see what's on there. In fact, when I was in Scotland, I popped into a couple of, they call them kennels there, but animal shelters. And I was like, am I going to bring a dog home from Scotland? Then I was like, that's actually torture. I can't rescue. Like the trauma of rescuing the dog and then taking it on an 11 hour flight. That's just not going to work. So I happened to be on there and I found this really sweet little brown, reddish, wired hair terrier thing with beautiful brown eyes. And my mom's been mentioning that she wants a dog. And so I called in and they're like, well, she's a real project. She nips. And I was like, well, I think I'm just going to pop in when I go through Fresno because it's a kill shelter. And I went and she was amazing. I imagine that's how she was when they found her on the streets, but she was so loving, almost very similar temperament to when I adopted Barley as well as Marigold. So my mom's, you know, been pondering it for the weekend and we've decided we're going tomorrow to pick her up. I'm totally convinced that she should name her Beignet or Henrietta. I think she's going to name her Harriet, (laughs) but I'm just so happy a dog's getting saved to a true animal lover. And I just want to throw that out there. If you're at all considering adopting a pet, do it. I mean, if you have the resources, the space and the time, It is the most rewarding thing for both parties, I believe. And I personally have never had a purebred. In fact, I've actually never gotten to pick an animal for myself. I've inherited them. Barley is sort of one of those. I was teaching at a preschool and a mom was fostering her and Barley had puppies and nobody was adopting her. So I ended up taking her, but I just think it's really special. So it's an extra little push there. If you've been considering it, let this be your ping. If you feel like you're there and you're ready for it. And aside from that, the only, I mean, I've been on strict bed rest, so I've been really tapped into that show on Amazon called The Woman in White. Really fits my whole genre that I like, that old 17th, 18th, 19th century British shows. So if you're also into that, you'll dig that, I think, this season. And otherwise, actually, a very important thing for me every morning is to get dressed then I don't feel depressed being on bed rest. Although I do tend to wear the same thing over and over. And so my two favorite pieces I'm wearing right now that I just style with cool accessories is this incredible jumper by Kundalini gown by Myra, who's just this like badass Kundalini woman I've followed forever and watched her had her first child and her second. And and I've just been always oogling at her clothing because it's all white. And then there's there was this jumper that's it's everything. It's linen. It has the little tie straps. It's a slouchy crouch. So it looks amazing. And I've been wearing uh, cashmere sweaters under it to layer under it with it over. And it's just the coziest thing on the planet. So I'll link that below. Secondly, I've also been living in the older brother corduroy pants this season, which are by far my favorite pants. I have all three colors. So the colors they come in, if you're not familiar with, it's Max's company. If you're not 
familiar with it. And I only ever really like chosen pieces, like their chore code. And now these I'm obsessed with. So I'm not always running out being like, buy older brother. You know, it's actually genuinely stuff I love. But this season in particular, if you're not familiar with the brand, it's all unisex. It's all completely plant dyed. It's like the chic version of that. It's all, it's like the most sustainable company out there. You can literally bury it in your backyard and it will dissolve over time. But particularly this season is all dyed with ashwagandha and elderberry and indigo uh, plants. And so the two that I've been wearing the most of is the ashwagandha is my favorite because it's sort of like a khaki tan color. And yeah, if you're actually in LA, this is really cool. It, I didn't get it at first, but after seeing the execution, I was like, holy shit. Max literally collaborated with Commune Design to create a meditation listening chamber inside of the store. And they just opened the store with this new installation. So it's like out of mahogany, old shag carpet. It's really cool, but it's crazy because it's lined with ashwagandha plants and elderberry plants. And he connected with the guy who invented the plant music technology. So every plant is hooked up to these things that read their wavelengths to play out binaural beats. So you go and literally sit in there and it's a meditation chamber playing plant music. <laughs> so if you're like, I got to go try on these corduroy pants this season, do head into the store too, to check that out. And we'll link that below too. I should get him to make us a code. I, you know what? I'm just going to make up a code right now and have him do it. Let's do TBM 15 and then get 15% off if that's something that does strike your fancy. But I have been wearing those a lot lately, those two pieces, and they've been making me feel cool about being in bed rest. And then I just accessorize them with cool hats and sweaters and jewelry as per usual. And then otherwise, I think those are my only big bed rest from my bed to you updates aside from the tour stuff. And I'm really, really excited about the tour this week. Unfortunately, LA is completely sold out. So I, I'll only see those who have had a chance to buy tickets. It's really cool. You'll be drinking kombucha. Canyon Coffee will be there with a booth and the goodie bags are really good. Also, we do have a TBM booth set up at each of the U.S. locations with the team. And it's pretty cool because it's kind of top secret, but we are launching on a new platform with upgrades and cool things in January. And only the guests at the speaking tour will be offered the beta version of it to test it out at a lower price with all brand new daily imaginings. So that daily reprogramming, deep imaginings. So definitely if you are headed to LA, make sure to go to that booth to check it out because um, the team will help you switch over to it. Otherwise, let's get into today's guest. I actually do have a side tiny story that's really cute. I went into town yesterday to pick up my dad to go to lunch, essentially. And his best friend who I've grown up with forever, Brian, was there. We're all three Aquarians. And we were talking out in front of the parking lot of his work for a minute. And he just loves asking me about what I do. And he's always really interested in the success and doesn't quite get it. But he he does like to always compare one of our family friends as well, who's from Mariposa, 
who I actually still have a little bit of a resentment against. Uh, so they're the the Mankins and Logan Mankins is his name. He went on to become linebacker for the Patriots. It was a really big deal for our town. But I'm just going to give you a comparison, a size comparison for Logan. When I was really young, my mom, I think is like guilty single mom syndrome, got me one of those electric Barbie pink Corvettes that you could sit in and drive around that I enjoyed for a couple of weeks. And I shit you not when Logan, and he's only three years older than me, sat on it, it broke. So that gives you a comparison. And and so we were having a good laugh and I went, oh, actually to put it into perspective, my podcast, I have a podcast. And on Friday, our guest is going to be Ricky Williams, who I will now go on to introduce. And they were both like, what? Wow. And they went on to say really beautiful things about him. And after lunch, my dad sent me a couple of, you know, um, YouTube like bios on him. But what I'm really excited about today's episode is that it was Lila's first episode. She got to host and she did a phenomenal job in it. So today we have Ricky and Linnea Myron Williams on the podcast. And Ricky is a former NFL running back, and he went on to be a Heinzman winner. I mean, I'm so out of lunch with this stuff, but to give perspective, anyone who's heard that he'll be on the podcast has just been floored. I mean, he's made such an impact in this, in that industry. And I think what they all comment on that's so beautiful is that he took time to go follow his own spiritual path when he was ready and when he wanted to. So we'll get into all of that in this episode. But what's really beautiful about them is together they founded an herbal-based wellness company called Real Wellness. And he also has gone on to become an incredible astrologer. It'll be a super expansive episode, I think, for everybody. I think this is the one to share with your the other partners in your life who are who don't understand what you're doing here, but are, you know, NFL fans, you know, your dads and your brothers and your whomevers in your life, or maybe it's the women in your life too. I think they'll find this really really expansive and kind of get it a little bit. So we talk about astrology, herbalism, natural practices, or I should say Lila, and they talk about those. And also the two share how they met and how they set purpose in their relationship as well, and how they manifested their company to help heal others. There's just so much wisdom in this episode. They've also been really generous to offer us the code COSMIC for 30% off your first purchase of real wellness products. So go ahead and find that below in the show notes if you're curious. And without further ado, let's get into it. I can't wait to hear Lila, Ricky, and Linnea. Welcome back to the Expanded Podcast. We're here with Linnea and Ricky Williams, and this is Lila speaking. First, just starting off, I'd love if both of you could share a little bit of your cultural upbringing and background. Okay, I'll start. Thanks for having us, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, I come from the East Coast. Uh, My childhood was spent in Maryland and Pennsylvania, Went to school, went to college down in North Carolina at Duke and was a public policy major there. Went straight on to law school in Nashville, Tennessee. Went to Vanderbilt. Straight from there, became a corporate lawyer for almost 15 years in Baltimore. And then for most of it in Los Angeles. 
moved out to LA in 2006. Yeah, brought, brought me up to today where about four years ago was when, when we met. And do you actually mind sharing maybe like a summarized version of your chart since we'll be diving into astrology yeah. later and our audience loves to hear. Sure, <laughs> sure. So I'm a Pisces sun, Capricorn moon, Capricorn rising. I think, I think knowing, and we, that's called the primal triad. Mm-hmm. So the, the primal triad is a huge amount of information of sort of when you were talking about how do we, what's the first step of what people decide to do in, in the course of self-development, I would say, know your primal triad and what it means and what it's, what it's telling you and start there. Oh, it's helpful. Too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I grew up uh, in San Diego. I grew up in a, a very religious household. Uh, I was a preacher's kid. My dad was a minister. Uh, my mom's mother was a minister. My dad's mother was a minister. My uncle was a minister. So one of those kids, I was in church, you know, three days a week. And it was very much a part of my early identity. And also, I learned pretty young that I was a pretty good athlete. And that became a, a very strong part of my identity. And as I started to progress through middle school and high school, kind of the religious part fell away in sports really took over and I was, you know, um, in my yearbook, I was like voted most athletic, and, <laughs> you know, all, all that good stuff. And, you know, got a scholarship to play at the University of Texas, also was drafted by Major League Baseball. So I went off to college, became a big time football star, <laughs> and then I progressed into the NFL. And I think a, a key part of my life story was there's a point, you know, at the, the height of my NFL career that I realized maybe I should be doing something else. And I, I took a break and quite organically, uh, the year I took off, I found what I was really meant to be doing and um, spent, you know, my life since then of, of becoming who who I'm destined to become. Yeah. And, you know, part of that is in my chart, you know, when they <laughs> spoke about the primal triad and I'm a, I'm a Virgo rising. Uh, I have a 10th house cancer moon, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about this. 10th oh, house yeah. cancer moon <laughs> is, is really about becoming a healer. You know, the 10th house is about our role in the community. The moon and cancer both about healing. Um, and I, here I was on the football field, realizing, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. And I'm a Gemini, 9th house Gemini. So a, a consummate student, you know, philosopher, um, ruled by my curiosity for better <laughs> and for worse. <laughs> what did that feel like? You know, I don't know if it was a moment or a bunch of different moments where you were like, well, this wasn't what I was supposed to be doing and what led you to seek out healing as something like what were you, how were you introduced to astrology? Was that, were there any bits and pieces of your childhood that were about alternative ways of healing or? Not at all. Well, you know, not that I was aware of, but, but listening to my mom tell stories about my grandma is, you know, she was a, she was from the country and she knew all the, the, the herbal remedies. She knew all the, she knew how to heal. She knew how to take care of people and she was a bishop in the church. And so, I didn't realize it then, but I'm kind of been groomed by her mm-hmm. to, to, to go down this track. It's probably wow. more alternative than, than anyone would have guessed, <laughs> but, but I've been groomed to be, to be a mystic a bit and a bit of a healer. Um, and, and yeah, it's been, a, it's been a very interesting journey. And so and this, is, this is what I've, I've learned on my journey and what I, I tell people when I sit and talk about their chart is if you if you learn to be aware and to be open, you'll see all the hints, all the omens, and all you have to do is trust yourself enough to follow them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I started to get this sense that, and it's a calling, you know, I started to get this sense that um, 
I remember it was after practice one night and I was sitting at home and I was like, you know, I wish I had time to like stop in the morning and like meditate and like just connect every morning, you know? And I, at this time, I had never meditated. I heard people talk about it, but I was a football player. I didn't know what meditation was. <laughs> but the thought, the th- I, it was something that I, I recognized could be beneficial to me. And also I was reflecting and I was thinking, you know, my life as a football player is wonderful. You know, I'm, I'm a star and I'm doing all the things I want to do. But my personal life, you know, was in shambles and I was just didn't feel right. And I started thinking, I wonder what would have to happen for my personal life to be as successful as my professional life. And I think these two ideas were seeds that were planted in my consciousness that I started to notice things that would help me find the time Mm -hmm. to check in um, and and also find something that felt truer to, to my heart. And so right in front of me, you know, my my ideal football path started to kind of crumble, you know, and I think that part of youth is, is having a dream, having a vision. And I think part of becoming an adult, you know, people talk about the Saturn return, we all hit it about 29 and a half. Mm-hmm. And this is what the Saturn return, return is all about, is taking that dream of youth and seeing, okay, how can I make this real in the world? You know, and this is a, something we talk about a lot in, in the conversations we have with people is we live in two different worlds, you know? We have an inner world, one that's, that we're in touch with in our dreams. There's things we can do in our dreams. There's things we can do in our imagination that, you know, we can't do in the physical world. And we also live in the physical world. And I think a, a big part of finding meaning in life, um, especially for Earth science, is taking, mm-hmm. taking our dreams, our visions, and finding a way to make them real in the world, you know? And so for me, I started to have these dreams, these fantasies, these visions, and I started to have phys- like experiences in the world that were pointing in a certain direction, you know? And so I was trying to renegotiate my contract because I realized I'm really doing a lot of damage to my body and I'm not going to be able to do this for a long time. So I need to take care of myself. And so mm-hmm. I had this in mind and talking to the team and I said, if you want to give me the ball 500 times, that's fine, but help me feel good about that I'm going to be taken care of, you know? And that started to go south. And then the situation on the team started to go sour. And I just started to feel like, what am I doing? You know, that there's something, there's a different path I feel that's going to feel better for me. And I was fortunate enough to have the courage to, to pursue that path. And I, I retired from the NFL and I realized, you know, there's something else out there for me. But that moment, that moment of when I made that phone call to, to end my NFL career, it was scary. You know, people say at the time of our, of our deaths, our whole life flashes in front of us. <laughs> And I felt like right before I picked up the phone, my whole life flashed in, yeah. in front of me. And I realized everything that I had become pretty much to that moment had been defined by my athletic ability as a football player. And by making this call, I was going to erase all of that. And it was scary. But the moment I did it, I felt this huge weight lift off my shoulders. And I really felt the whole world open up. And my lived experience was in the, the next several months, I lived more in those seven months than, than I had the previous 27 years of my life. And that's how I knew this was real. Mm-hmm. And I think it, for all of us, right, there's the universe or whatever you want to call it is constantly dropping hints to us of, of breadcrumbs, of, you know, the path to follow. And it's just being, uh, being aware mm-hmm. and, and opening your mind to, to locating and recognizing and giving yourself permission to, to track it. Yeah, we call those pings. Yeah, pings. <laughs> Following your pings. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's funny. We um, So in a lot of the to be magnetic work, we believe that, you know, rock bottoms can really be a gift because it's literally the universe earthquaking you onto your authentic path. And it sounds like maybe some of those experiences 
could have been somewhat of a rock bottom or something that was like, you know, I don't want to say it was rock bottom, but something that really did like earthquake you to leave football perhaps and pursue a different. Well, I mean, I, I like that imagery and, and I, it's some, it's similar to, to the way I talk about um, the Uranus event in our chart, you know, is the way I talk about it is, is I think we're all born with a path in life, mm-hmm. you know, but like an authentic path in life, but it's almost like the moment we're born culture, society, our parents, you know, tell us that, no, this is your path. Right. You know? and, <laughs> exactly. and of course, you know, we, as kids, as, as children, we, we have to do what our parents want to make sure that they'll keep feeding us and, you know, mm-hmm. putting clothes on our back. And so we agree to be, we're complicit and we exactly. go down their path. Um, and then we hit our teenage years and we start to like wake up and say like, wait a minute, you know, maybe I have a different path. And I think this is the, the healthy rebellion that mm-hmm. teenagers have. Of course it can go too far. But in Iranian events, there are opportunities where it's time for us to wake up and get back on our path. And I, and I, I really like this image of a path. I, I see it like we're in a jungle. And you get this, <laughs> this nudge that, you know, the path is really over there. Right. And so you grab your machete and you hack away mm-hmm. a bush and you get back on your path. And it's rough. You know, you get scraped up by, by some thorns. But it's not horrible, right? You get back on your path and it feels good. Right. Magic starts to happen when you're in your flow on your path, mm-hmm. right? But if you ignore, ignore the pings, right? You ignore mm-hmm. the pings. This energy of getting back on your path is still there. And so there's an earthquake or some kind of explosion, exactly. right? Where you're, there's an explosion and you land on your path. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you land on your path and you're missing an arm or you're missing a leg. Yeah. So you're limping, <laughs> you're limping down the rest of the path. Yeah. And so this is, I think this is the importance of listening to the pings. Especially right. as you get older, because when you're younger, there's more time and more energy to be able to rebound and get back on track. As you get older, we're less spry, you mm-hmm. know, and there's less time, and so it becomes mm-hmm. more difficult. Yeah, and I imagine scarier, too, to leave something that you may have committed to for a long time. For sure. <laughs> that, that's a big one. That's a big one. I'd love to hear your story, because you also transitioned careers, and now you two both work together. So I'd love to hear maybe how you made that decision and that leap as well. Yeah, to his point, it, the longer you keep doing something that might not be really your calling, the harder it gets, you know, the older you get, the harder it gets to to leave it, mm-hmm. you know, and to walk away from it. And, you know, I was, I was an attorney for 15 years, and I knew probably by year seven or eight that it was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And it took that long to to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. I took a, a sabbatical four years ago and um, dabbled in politics because I was a, a public policy major and worked on Marianne Williamson's congressional campaign Oh wow! and did it full time. So I had to, I started out as a volunteer and then it just progressed and, and I started spending every day there and uh, working closely with her. And so I took this, this leave of absence from my uh, legal career up until the the June primary, 2014, and our campaign came in fourth out of 20. This was when all those all of those candidates were vying for Henry Waxman's seat. Wow! So it was a great experience. It taught me a lot. Um, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I did that in part to learn how to run a startup because it has that same kind of right. hair on fire mm-hmm. feeling, um, and met some really great people there that are now working working with us on our company. Um, but yeah, it took a long time when she, when, when she didn't progress and, and, uh, the campaign came to a really abrupt end. Um, you know, I got an email the next morning from 
the managing partner of my firm saying, sorry, your candidate lost when you're coming back, you know, and I wasn't even ready to jump back in. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a little while. It took a couple of weeks before going back, but it was about a year, year or so later that, um, that Ricky and I met, we were introduced by a mutual friend and just found we had a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of things that we like to talk about, similar <laughs> idea, full, philosophical conversation. Mm-hmm. And that happened, you know, pretty, pretty quickly after getting introduced at a, at a party, we went, you know, right into, into interesting conversation with each other. Um, but it was within maybe five minutes of meeting each other. So again, this was when I was a corporate attorney and I just described my young biography in a very academic, practical Capricorn way. You know, (laughs) I went to school here and then I went to school here and then I went to work here. Um, But then he shows up on the scene and within five minutes, you know, of talking, he wants to understand who he's talking to. So when he says, what's your sign? It wasn't a pickup line. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a 70s pickup line. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was like, he, you know, it's like, it's like if you meet someone and they start speaking Italian, it's like, oh, okay, this is an Italian. Now I know like how to, you know, relate mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. So he says, what's your sun sign? This was four years ago. What's your sun sign? And I said, I don't know what a sun sign is, but I'm a Pisces. <laughs> That's how little I knew about astrology. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, Pisces. And he said, you're the, you're the mystic, the poet, the visionary, the dreamer. And I laughed in his face. And I said, you have got me all wrong. I'm a corporate lawyer. Couldn't be further from it. Mm-hmm. But I was also kind of like, what does that mean, mystic? Like, you know, when I have, you know, a, a spiritual experience or, and I thought, well, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe I am that actually. And as, as I said, I, I had, before meeting him, I worked on Marianne Williamson's congressional campaign. Why? Because she was a, um, a spiritual influence in my life at the time. I was going to her Monday night talks at the Saban and going through a difficult time in my life. Uh, personally, her talks and her books, her, uh, the metaphysical things that she introduced into my psyche um, that was why I went and, and wanted to work on that campaign. Yes, I was a public policy major, but that was really the reason for it. So, you know, in a cocktail party setting, I identify to him as I identify myself very quickly as a corporate lawyer, mm-hmm. which is Capricorn rising, <laughs> right. how you dawn on people, their first impression. Right. But then he starts to plant these little seeds in my mind about there's actually a a really big element of Pisces behind all of that, that maybe you're not feeding that's that's really wilted. And maybe that's part of why you're not fulfilled in your life right now. Wow. Yeah. You know, so he didn't say all that, but that's really, you know, what what it you know, it's from that first moment. And then as we got to know each other and he bought me a little a little like beginner's guide to Pisces book, that thin little, that like thin little traveler book of Pisces. And I started reading that and, and really though it was starting to go to classes and have like a master really teach you the subject and absorb it that way in the presence of a a master. And also just us making it our dominant language the way we communicate and the way we look at things and experience them and shorthand it, you know, the archetypal 
you know, these words, Capricorn is a shorthand for, for something. It means something once you start to learn what it, what that entails. And so you can shorthand things with each other that way. Mm. You know, and a lot of people say when they're around us, it feels like we're speaking a different language because we'll say something and laugh and, you know, exchange this information. And people are like, what, what did you just say? You know, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think it's fair to call it shorthand because <laughs> I think it's, it's so much more expansive than that. And I'm a Gemini. And so Gemini yeah. has a lot to do with communication and, and perception and, and language. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I think why astrology really spoke to me, it was it's a universal it's a universal language, you know, and, and I think in order to be able to talk about something or to understand something or describe something, you have to have something, you have to know what to call it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and the beauty of the, of the astrological language is it gives you at least an energetic sense of what to call pretty much everything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and an example of the story Linnea was talking about earlier before we got on about a client I had who had a lot of planets in the second house in, in Capricorn. And she was referred to me by, by, from a friend and the friend called and said, you know, hey, I have a friend who's going through something really difficult. She's having a lot of money issues. And when he said that, the first thing that popped into my head is I bet she's got some second house stuff because <laughs> that's the area of the chart where you tend to see money issues. Mm-hmm. And then I, I get her information and I put it in her chart and she has six planets in the second house. So like major, you know, and, and because I, I understand this language, I can talk to her about the second house and about Capricorn, and I know anything I say is going to touch the heart of whatever she's dealing with. Um, and so, and this is, I think, the greatest gift that astrology can be for people is it helps them to be seen, mm-hmm. to be seen. And I think we, you know, you know, a lot of the work that you guys do is very similar to this, but, but the way that we've been taught to function in this world is through judgment, is we move towards things that we've been told are good and we run away from things we've been, we've been told are, are bad. Right. And so if you have an example is if you're a, a woman and you have a chart, we have a lot of like warrior fire energy. For the most part in our culture, we've been said that's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And so a woman born with a lot of fire in her chart, you know, she's learning in general, she's learning how to develop courage, but she's learning how to do it in an environment where she's not supposed to do that. And so, you know, and I think for someone to be seen in, in that struggle, it gives them, gives them hope and it empowers them that, okay, this is what I'm here to take on. Right. Yeah. I think that's why, you know, maybe subconsciously a lot of people do seek out these kind of healers because you, you have that desire to be seen and you feel like you're living perhaps like a little bit off of your authentic path, you don't feel like you really are being seen because yeah. you're only what's being seen is your shell or yeah. your mask. Mm-hmm. Well said. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then before we dive into, because I want to obviously do a huge deep dive into all of this, but before we do that, I think it would be interesting to hear how you both kind of navigate running this business together and maybe <laughs> touching on how we can do, you know, self-work while also be in partnership. Yeah, well... Oh, the, the starting point, in, we, yeah, the starting point here is we, we do a lot of, and, and I think part of our our purpose as a couple, and I think that's the starting point is is uh, this maybe this is just me, but it seems like when we're born, we're the the message we're we're given is we're supposed to be in a relationship, you know, right. but it's never explained to us why. Mm-hmm. You know? That's so true. <laughs> or or how either. Or you know? how, yeah. <laughs> And so, and so what I've, what I've come to realize is I think for like anything for a relationship to work, there has to be a purpose. Like, what are we doing here? You know? And I think getting clear on, on the purpose of a relationship is very helpful. And so in the beginning part, as we were getting to know each other as, as friends and just talking about relationships in general, 
you know, one of the things that, that a fantasy or an image that I had in, in my consciousness was the idea of getting together with someone and building something mm-hmm. together, you know? So very early on, I asked her, I said, you know, I said, do you ever think about building something together in a relationship, you know? And when she said yes, then like, to me, that, that was like, that's the purpose of the relationship. And I'm, and if we're not going to build something together, then there's no point for me to, yeah. be, to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the premise when we got together. What we were going to build, we had, we had no idea. <laughs> but, you know, she had an interest in astrology and started coming to classes with me and, and started, like, picked it up. Like extremely quickly, it was it was amazing, and then you know we we took a class on relationship astrology, and what my teacher does is he'll teach the, the theory for the first couple of days of the class, and then he'll pull charts to to give examples of what the theory looks like in practice. And so it's my birthday, and I think it's a university <laughs> birthday gift. Oh, wow. He pulled he pulled our relationship chart out, and he spent the whole day talking about our chart and in front of I, eighty people. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> And so after we saw like how how amazing like how how amazing astrology can be in helping people not only find each other but but navigating the relationship once they get together we were like we we have to do something with this and wow. so uh, we started we started working on on Lila you know on a, on a dating it's dating and a mating platform because it'll help people find each other where there's some meaningful contacts between two people and if they decide to take the next step you know the, the app can also help them navigate you know the perils of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of doing relationship in the age of the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a big theme, big theme. Um, and, and also with, um, with real wellness, you know, one of the passions that, that I organically developed was a, was a love and magic, the magic of, of herbs and plant medicine. And who knew, you know, 15 years ago, I thought I was, you know, just a, uh, misfit pothead getting kicked <laughs> out of the NFL, you know, but within, again, four months after retiring, I found myself in Northern California studying Ayurveda and realizing that there's hundreds, hundreds of herbs that are out there that can really help people um, bring their, bring their bodies back into balance. And so I jumped in and I started studying Ayurvedic herbs. And of course, in my studies, I came across cannabis and I was like, wait a minute, I thought this stuff was bad. I know it's yeah, yeah. And so I started really integrating my experiences and with the, the information that I was that I was absorbing, and uh, and fast forward, you know, after coming back to the NFL and really using my my understanding of alternative healing and the, the many modalities I've studied to heal and take care of myself, um, this became a natural extension to want to share that with with people. Um, and the fact that people's receptivity and openness to cannabis led to a, more of a receptivity and openness to me, yeah. <laughs> um, that we saw an opportunity. And I, like, I know that I could come up with, with formulas and, and listen to people and, and do great work on the herbal side, but when it comes to like business and structure, like, that's, you know, that's not my strong suit. Um, and lucky for me, I had a partner who, you know. Corporate law. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so this is an, another example of something that, you know, we thought we could do a good job building together. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so, but the, the real, okay, real talk here, but it's, it's, it is, it is a challenge, you know, when, when combining, you know, uh, intimate relationship with work stuff, you know, because from being frank with things that are going well <laughs> in the business, you know, I'm not getting any, any sense. So you know, it's, it's motivation. I'm, I mean, keep the business it's motivation, good, yeah. it's motivation to keep it. 
but but seriously, seriously though, and I think what's helped us is is staying clear in our roles mm-hmm. and and in real wellness. Renee uh, is the CEO and she's the boss, and so when it comes to work stuff around real wellness, I empower her that she's the boss. And, you know, don't be worried if I'm going to be upset if she asks me to do something that I respect her as a boss and I trust her. And so if she asks me to do something for real wellness, then I'm going to do it. Do you find that you need to build any kind of boundaries between like personal time and work time and, and bringing work home kind of thing? Or do you just, or is it just like such a natural organic thing that you don't even need to worry about that? I think at the beginning it was, it was, it was rough because um, as a first time CEO coming from a service industry, I think there's a lot of, and just being in the startup, there are a lot of things that Linnea was struggling with and, and, you know, Virgo rising, I'm always giving people advice. And and Cancer Moon, right? I like I, I'm a nurturer, you know. And so right. if I see her struggling, I want to give her advice to help her. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn that sometimes, you know, there's time to give advice, and sometimes she's got to learn it on her own. And so um, it's kind of my internal, you know, boundaries of how I'm going to navigate this and, and trusting that. And, and this is why one of the things I love about her so much is she'll she'll go through struggles, but she'll always fight, always fight to do to to come out on the other side. And so, just to have faith that as she's struggling now, she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a that was a huge moment when that was probably about a year ago. We launched the company in March of eighteen. Oh, relatively recently. Yeah. So I. I left that 15 year law career in January of 2018 and pretty much just jumped right in. Didn't, you know, cause we, we already sort of knew had this in the works. Um, and it was, it was such a difference. It really made me realize how much of a service industry, uh, the, the legal profession is that there, that there isn't, especially in the big law firm world, there isn't really much like leadership training or the, or the kind to do, uh, what, what we're doing now with this startup and all of that. So that, that was a, just a huge like change in my life. I've just kind of jumped into that pretty naive. Um, and, and and there was definitely a moment of, of a, you know, when you all were talking about like trust the pings and trust the, you know, when you get these sort of ideas about things, um, because we had been together now for, you know, a couple of years and, are, you know, your relationship starts out as, um, you know, partners, love interest partners, but now suddenly we've agreed to take on a, a, a new layer to the relationship where it's not equal partners. Now it's, I'm going to be the CEO of this company and he's an officer of the company as well, but he's, you know, VP of, of product development. I like to call him the chief herbal officer <laughs> and, you know, but he's not the CEO. So, uh, he develops all the formulas and, and gets them through his studies and, and through everything that he's learned, but to then bring that on. And it's been such an interesting process as a woman and just noticing all these ways in which, you know, I can improve leadership in my life in general over myself, over everything. Wow. And there was a moment where, in, in the, the friends and family raise of the company, I was in a meditation that morning in Kundalini class and I, I got this message. Uh, you'll be able to, to finish your fundraise if you go and pitch the lawyers that you work with. Wow. 
And, and I remember like kind of arguing with that voice and being like, there is no way I'm going to do that because I'm about to quit this job and they're going to be <laughs> pissed that I'm leaving. And, but I'm saying, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. And, oh, and give me some money for what I want to do now, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, in hindsight, that part of me was struggling with it. But what I realize now is I had really helped those colleagues. I was doing this the way, the way that real wellness started was, you know, Ricky comes into my life, introduces astrology, introduces my mind to what are you choosing to do every day? And is this, is this feeding the primal triad that, that where your energy comes from? And, uh, I kept going to work as a lawyer. Um, one, I liked the paycheck, but two, I, I pretty much orchestrated my career around, yes, I still drafted contracts and loan documents, but the main impetus to go to work was I was the lawyer at the firm who had the, the doctor's rec to go into the dispensaries to get those lawyers um, alternative medicine that they wanted to try, but they were too nervous to go into a dispensary to get it. Oh, so wow. I became that person and started bringing these things into the office. And then over time, Ricky comes into my life and then we start making them at home in the kitchen instead because mm-hmm. he knows how to do that because he had, you know, years ago had already studied Ayurvedic medicine and was now getting into Chinese herbalism, which is what he's doing in Emperor's College in Santa Monica now. Um, but we started making these things for people and giving them and just saying, you know, my mom was hooked on ambient. She'd been a flight attendant for many, many years and needed it to go to sleep, needed tramadol in the morning. Um, one of my colleagues at my law firm, she's a very successful partner at a major global law firm. And she was at the point where she needed Ambien every night to go to sleep. And when I would go into her office in the morning, one time she said, Linnea, my hair is wet, which means I took a shower this morning, but I don't remember. Oh, so scary. And she said, and I don't remember driving from home to the office this morning either. And that really disturbed me Mm -hmm. because I've taken Ambien. I've taken Xanax. I've taken all these things that I noticed my very high functioning successful colleagues were relying on, but I thought how much more successful could they be if they were using something else instead of this? Because they knew it wasn't helping them, but there was no alternative. And there was this barrier to um, plant medicine for them, even living in California, just this hesitancy of of the stigma of cannabis. You know? right. and, and I said to them, it's not for everybody, but it's for a lot of people who aren't getting access to it. And that's really what we wanted to start with this. But part of what we're doing here is um, normalizing cannabis as an herb. You know, everybody talks about CBD, CBD, CBD. Well, that's just one molecule in one herb. Mm -hmm. And it's a great one and we're all excited about it and we're discovering it. But um, we don't really like that all the other herbs are getting left out of the conversation and they go really well with this one that everybody's so obsessed with right now. Mm-hmm. But not many people, the reason why no one's doing it is because you, you, herbalism is, is a serious study and it's an art form. So a lot of people um, aren't able to put together what Ricky has put together. As he said, he's this consummate student. He's accumulated a lot of information over the course of his life. And now we're manifesting it through products and through services to offer to people to help them actualize and connect to themselves. Mm-hmm. And Thanks. this is one way to do it. It's one of uh, many things we have in a toolbox that we can offer to people. Yeah, and, and make it so accessible. And make it accessible. That, mm-hmm. That's the goal is, 
is uh, we did it for my mother. We did it for uh, some of my close girlfriends. And I learned a lot about what was going on in the world and the demand and, and uh, what the world was wanting through those experiences. And so essentially quitting being a lawyer and which was a great training and it, it was wonderful in a lot of different ways, but it really wasn't um, feeding my son, my Pisces son, right. that um, mystic who is excited about the idea of transcendence. I get all my business ideas, not all of them, but I get most of them in an altered state of consciousness mm-hmm. or the, the thing comes in. And then, and then as I go through the day, it comes. So altered state, you know, Pisces is, is, you know, as Ricky said to me, and this is what, what really led us into creating the company was we were in Bali in April of 2017 and he was facilitating a, cranial sacral course there. And while he was doing that, I was wandering around a booth with his daughter, Marley, and uh, she's a yogi. And so we went to that, that yoga barn there. And the only class that was being offered at that time was Kundalini. And I'd never done it before. So this was like two years ago. Oh, wow. And took the Kundalini class and, um, thought it was weird, but really liked it. Mm -hmm. And was like, well, we didn't do any, you know, handstands or backbends or all those things I'm so used to doing in my, you know, when I used to go to Equinox for yoga, when I was a lawyer. Um, but I was like, but this kind of feels like there's more substance to it. And it, it's, you know, and so we get back to Venice after the trip and, you know, a week or so goes by. I just go back into my routine of going into the office, going to Equinox. Um, and Ricky's like, you know, you really liked Kundalini yoga when you did it in Bali. And it's, you know, they're hard to find those yoga studios. You know, they're pretty esoteric, but there's one within walking distance of our house. We lived, we lived on Rose. Oh, Rama. Rama. Mm -hmm. So he's like, don't you maybe want to keep it up? It's, there's one, like, (laughs) it couldn't be any easier. There are people in, in those classes that drive over an hour. Wow. They, they come, a good friend of ours lives in Topanga here and drives from Topanga down there in rush hour to do a nine o'clock class. Wow. And, you know, full-time working guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, it's really impressive what people do to, to go there. So but the reason why Ricky encouraged me to do Kundalini yoga specifically was because of my primal triad. Because he said, everybody knows now meditation's good. Everybody on the planet knows it's good to meditate. But Pisces, if you've got this Pisces energy in you, it's, it's almost mandatory. You, you need to be in an altered state. Your genius comes through altered states. So there's different ways that each of the signs, their genius comes through in different ways. Right. And we, you, we can characterize, well, it, it comes through this way, it, through this mechanism, through Pisces, it comes through the altered state. So Pisces will seek out altered states in all shapes and forms, drugs, sex, music, meditation, um, creativity. creativity, imagination, you know, movies, you know, uh, the fantasy, all these things. So he said, you know, you're a Pisces but you have all this Capricorn and Capricorn doesn't really think anything's worth something unless you have to work really hard for it. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's true. You know, I became a a, a corporate lawyer at the biggest law firm in the world and people pulling all nighters all the time. No big deal. You know, but for me, the Capricorn in me like respected that, like, Mm -hmm. like they're, they're getting shit done. They're working hard. And in Kundalini, you have to work really hard with the Kriyas and with the poses. They're very hard. The ones I did this morning, I couldn't hold half of them for as long as, you know, we're being told the, the appropriate amount of time is. But, um, but when I do, and when I do something really well, it's, it, there's a lot of satisfaction in that. 
And in the process, I get these, these sort of mystical awarenesses that don't come in, in the rest of my day that just is like a, a, like a wiser voice helping me get perspective on something almost like, you know, taking me to this elevated place, looking down bird's eye view at myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when like just really good information comes is when I can see myself like that instead of at ground level, you know? And so that, that's how it, that's how I, you know, ended up doing Kundalini was, was through, but again, it came. So Kundalini has changed my life in countless ways. And I I've sat on panels with Guru Jagat and explain this, right? That Kundalini has changed my life, but I was very clear with everyone in the room. That doesn't mean Kundalini is for everybody. Right. I it's think that's good. the most important thing. It's good for out. a Pisces Capricorn. <laughs> and and it, Capricorn, similar in a lot of ways to Virgo. Like when he was talking about his Virgo and you laughed and you could relate to that, you know, being a Capricorn, the whole lineage of teachers in that, in, in that uh, uh, Kundalini yoga community, they're all Virgos. All their wow. birthdays are starting in the next couple of days, mm-hmm. right? Yogi Bhajans, Guru Jagats, Hari Jeevans, they're all Virgos. And so they, they, their approach to things is extremely mega Virgo, which is great. But just to be aware, that's what it is. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. This, this speaks to what you said earlier about um, all these different spiritual paths, all these different modalities, which one, you know, and right. I think a practical use of astrology is if you understand yourself, you understand the teaching mm-hmm. or lineage that's going to resonate with you. The first place to start. Exactly. And, and I did something for a long time called access consciousness. Mm. The basic idea behind mm. access consciousness is question everything. And as a night house Gemini. Gemini. That's <laughs> Gemini. what I'm here to do. And, and I got a, an amazing set of tools to help me be myself. Wow. And, I, and I think that's yeah. that's really, to me, in, in the age of the individual, I think that's the purpose, and I'm going to say a bad word here, of, of religion. And mm-hmm. I, when I say religion, I don't mean organized religion. I mean some kind of path to, to fulfill your destiny. You mm-hmm. know? And I think 
one that's authentic, authentic to, to, who, to who you are as an individual. On that note, I'd love to transition more into talking a bit deeper about your approach to astrology and the sessions you have with your clients and how I'm not going to pile a million questions on for one. So I'll <laughs> yeah. just start there. Start there. And then well, I, like, I like the multiple questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it gives me more depth. Gemini, he can handle yeah. it. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I, get, I get really interested. So I throw a lot all at once. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, just I know because I know you speak a lot to how it can call forth our inner genius and how we can understand mm-hmm. how to maybe tap more into that and let it speak by understanding our, what was it that you call it? The primal triad. Primal triad. Yeah. Sun, moon, rising. Yeah. Exactly. Also known as the ascendant. Those words are interchangeable mm-hmm. as people ask if that's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, like tapping into that and how, what you pull from what, you know, your moon, your sun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that for a basic general overview of the way I practice astrology, and I don't think you can, I think if you're, if you're a decent astrologer, the way you practice is an, is an expression or an extension of, of who you are and the way you look at the world. And so the way I look at the world, you know, I'm a psychological person, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, I see things as they are, but I'm more curious about what's going on underneath, you know, mm-hmm. what are the motivating factors that, that, that manifested as this, as this event or activity. So I'm a psychological person. I was a football player for a long time, so I'm also a warrior, you know, the idea of, you know, find the target and go get it. Yes. You know? <laughs> um, and, uh, and I'm also a philosopher, ninth house, ninth house Gemini. And so and a bit of a mystic, you know, Neptune in my fourth house. And so I, I bring all of this to the way I practice astrology. Um, and I think first and foremost is, is to approach it with uh, no judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think true healing only occurs in the absence of judgment. Mother Teresa has an amazing quote, you know, um, is that if you're judging someone, there's no time to love them. And so first and foremost is there's no judgment. Mm-hmm. And I think this allows me to, to look at the symbols and help and help people to to be a mirror to reflect back to them uh, a more objective spiritual real sense of who they are and what they're what they're here to do and so in the interaction that's that's the underlying thing i'm trying to do is is to be a clear reflection and give people permission allow them to be seen yes you give them permission to be especially parts of themselves that might exist in tension with their their environment but giving people permission to show up the way that they're meant to show up Mm-hmm. And it's and it's affirming for people when I can look at a piece of paper and speak to truths that in conversations that they've only had with themselves and you know yeah. to, to to show that you know that that insight that you had that you felt you were mm-hmm. crazy and you didn't want to share with anyone that there's some validity to that. That's the best part I found when I have these moments. You're like, yes, yes. exactly, yes, <laughs> yes. That's and such I, a good feeling. And really, what I'm doing is help is helping them forge that relationship with their inner genius. Mm-hmm. You know, because part of it is hearing it, and second is believing it. Right. You know? And so, helping them in in, in that part. And the, the approach of evolutionary astrology, the metaphysical basis, is based on the idea of reincarnation and the idea that that the soul or whatever you want to call it. Um, comes back to have experiences. And through these experiences, we become more aware, we become more conscious. Um, and so in, depending on, you know, person's spiritual leanings or metaphysical mm-hmm. beliefs, um, I might not even talk about kind of this, the, the past life stuff that shows up in the chart. But if someone is interested and open to it, it can shed a lot of light on certain things about ourselves that we don't really have explanations for wow. um, in, in our current experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's, it's in order to move forward, right, we have to come to terms with where we've been and hopefully bring some healing and allowance there to realize that 
uh, Earth isn't the most prestigious address in the universe. <laughs> you know, is that? And so if you if you come here, this this school of Earth is is tough. And mm-hmm. you know, and we're here because there's a past that created a necessity for us to be here and have certain experiences so that we can keep growing. Um, and so, and so I talk to people, and, and we the the context of talking about someone being a Capricorn is an evolutionary aim. You know, you're here to develop your, your will, right? And you're in Capricorns, you can give in a certain set of skills, you know, integrity, discipline, the ability to focus, you know, you get your eye on your prize and you're there, you know, <laughs> for what? Because again, because you're here to, to learn so that for your will to, to overpower your feelings, your emotion, your, your whims, because you're here to accomplish something, you know, Gemini, right? Here to develop an open mind, right? That's why we have this, that's what this curiosity is for. And use it or it's going to use you, mm-hmm. you know, and at the Gemini, if you're not challenging yourself to take on new truths and to, to get comfortable being confused, right, that energy is going to go haywire and see that you're in trouble. And so talk about the signs is, is it's something that you're here to accomplish. And, and inside of the sign are strategies and resources. And if you use resources and strategies, you're going to see your life is fulfilling. You're going to find your path. If you don't, you know, you're going to have to deal with the shadow side of it because the energy and strategies are not being used. So you, they, they use them against yourself. And so it's, you know, helping people get clear on you know, the energies that are running in their life and how to recognize when they're, they're running smoothly and how to recognize when they're, when they're kind of getting out of balance. Because if we can recognize when we're going out of balance sooner, it's easier to make the correction. Right. If you keep on that track, like when they said, the, the more you know you're off track and the more you continue to go off track, it becomes even more difficult mm-hmm. to get back. But I still believe no matter what age, awareness, being introduced to an awareness of something can change everything about how the story you tell yourself about the situation that's happening. Because that's really the key to it is like, when you say, I mean, like, if, like thinking about for me, knowing, you know, that right now I'm, I'm in a cancer time, you know, and um, it's cancer energy is the opposite of Capricorn. It's on the opposing side. So if Capricorn's, you know, the elder and the strategist and the CEO and the hermit and the old crone, the cancer is, is that tender baby, you know, the, the, the healing energy, the mother energy, mm-hmm. you know, it's the softest, it's the most sensitive, whereas Capricorn's the least sensitive, but it can really accomplish a lot of great works because of it. You know, so I learned, it was about, what, a year and a half ago through understanding my chart, not just the natal chart, not just the primal triad, but what we also do with people is we look at what's up for you now. There's always cycles we're going through where there's a very clear lesson. It's just most people have no idea what the lesson is. They're just at the effect of these things happening to them. Mm -hmm. But if we put it in the context of like, okay, Linnea, you're entering a two and a half year period that's, that is going to be defined by cancer. Cancer energy is going to come into your life and it's here because it wants to be integrated into your psyche to make you more whole. Because it needs to be integrated. It needs yeah. to be. That, that these transits and regressions, these, these growth opportunities, they show up always at the right time. Right? Mm-hmm. In order for us to keep on our path, we need to work on something. But most of the time, we're tantruming against them when they happen. And they're happening to us all the time. Nobody, if you're alive on the planet, they're happening to you. It's just 99.9% of the population doesn't know what to call it or what it is. And it's confusing and it's upsetting. And their response to it often re-traumatizes them and they get an F on the test, right? So 
I know cancer energy is coming and I know I'm in this right now and I'm kind of at the peak of this two and a half years right now. And, and Ricky and I talk about it and what does that mean? Well, very dramatically right on time because you don't know what form the energy is going to take. You just know, okay, I'm in, a, I'm in the realm of cancer. And so synchronistically, as Ricky was saying, it's energy, right? And energy can't be created or destroyed. It will come out in your life. So either you make it work for you or it'll do a number on you. And we see this all the time in our own lives and in the people around us. So cancer energy is coming in. So we couldn't have, we, we couldn't have come up with this on our own, but uh, as son of his who was living in Florida that we weren't in contact with through a, a, a interesting turn of events suddenly is in need of living with us on 48 hours notice. Wow. And I had never, I had met him once and Ricky had had limited contact with him up until that point of 14 years. And, and with 48 hours notice, we were asked to become his full-time parents. So I'm not even a stepmom. It's like, (laughs) that's cancer. Mm -hmm. And he's a cancer. His birthday's in July. Oh, wow. So it can come in in more of a physical form as well? Well, it always comes in biographical events in your Mm -hmm. life. Oh, I mean, that's how you, that's how you know it. You know, it's, it, you can feel the integration where this cancer kid shows up in my life and, and, and actually said to me, can I introduce you as my mom? You can introduce me as your son. I mean, total cancer energy Wow. Yeah. where I'm like, Whoa, I'm 40 and have never had a kid before, mm-hmm. you know, like, so <laughs> like I had no clue, but that is what I mean. If I, and I knew, okay, this is really difficult. This is really challenging. This is a super cancer challenge. At the same time he shows up, we're ready to, to literally birth our company. We, we, he shows up in our life and three days later we launch, we birth our creation Wow! in business, cancer energy in my life. But you could see how when the opportunity arose to bring um, a child into our home and into our relationship, which we had never done before, mm-hmm. he has children, but they are in different places. They don't live in our home. One comes and lives with us right when I started cancer time it could have been very easy for me to say, you know what, this isn't a good time. We're launching a business. I'm in business mode mm-hmm. and see this as business, right? <laughs> so easy for the Capricorn Focus. to say, yeah. Capricorn doesn't want to learn about cancer right mm-hmm. now. I'm the furthest away. From, no, thank you. Yeah. But no. I know. I'm like scared of cancers. <laughs> <laughs> we got a double over Are you? here. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. She's got a lot of cancer energy. <laughs> Again, somebody who showed up in my life mm-hmm. six wow. months ago. Seven months ago, people that are coming into my life and sticking right now, and I appreciate that. So I look at her and I'm like, even when I have a difficult time with Ricky's son, um, I, I always appreciate he is a cancer teacher, even when it's when it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And then that way, there's there's some maintenance or Des coming into our life and and working with us. Um, I appreciate her nurturing cancer energy. The minute she came into the house, she was a stranger, but I'm like, she feels really comfortable here. It feels comfortable to be around her. Like she is, she feels like family. Mm -hmm. That's cancer energy. So, you know, I can appreciate the pleasant cancer lessons, but I can also appreciate the difficult ones that I just described. And instead of rejecting the difficult one and saying, no, I'm not going to do that one. I'll only do this one over here. I'm missing the biggest, the, the, some of the biggest lessons in my life right now are coming out of difficulty with 
in this cancer, um, play, playing this cancer role in a way I've never played before, a mother nurturing role, right? But it, but it's directly translatable into the CEO. Yes, is is a Capricorn uh, strategist, but but CEO is also a mother of a of mm-hmm. a baby, right? And to really appreciate that part of it, I think is is I'm I'm. I look at the synchronicity of it and launching a business with me not being in a cancer time probably wouldn't have a very successful business because I would miss the whole point that this is a creation to be nurtured. Mm-hmm. And so then that way that, that cancer um, sensibility comes in to the mix and makes me able to see more of every perspective of everything. Wow. How could we be aware of these times that are happening to us is that something that we can see on our own or do we need to seek guidance initially i would say well i think initially it's, it's helpful to to seek some kind of of guidance because information it's a lot of there's so it's yeah, so I much of, it's so much information and it's nice to have someone in, in in the beginning to help teach you how to interpret and look at the information and to prioritize it to prioritize all the symbols you know mm-hmm. i'll talk to people and they'll be like oh i want to learn about chiron in my chart and i'm like whoa 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 yeah. <laughs> You can't even tell me about your son. Mm-hmm. Tell me right now. Talk for 10 seconds about your son. Describe it. And they can't do that. And I'm like, you're miss. Like, right. there's no point of Chiron if you're not connecting to the big kahuna that's mm-hmm. running the show. Right. And so it really does take studying with a teacher. If I were someone knowing nothing at this point, I would do a session with someone you trust. And then, and then a lot of the people we sit with, not only do they just want help with their lives, but they want to be mentored. And so these are people who have reoccurring um, sessions with us where basically we put them on like a, like a 30 day cycle with us. And that means you get sessions, um, but we give you homework and you can text us. And so as these spontaneous things Mm -hmm. come up, because a lot of the breakthroughs for me, he says, I learned it well, but it was because because of this mechanism, right? Like I would start learning something and then I would text him in, in the middle of, I see something and then I text him and then he writes back and we have a back and forth. Mm-hmm. That's really how a lot of learn that's communication. That's the Gemini right. communication exchange of ideas where people really advance when they're able to do that, as opposed to, I'm just going to get a reading once a year. That's not going to do mm-hmm. it. Cause it it's also, a, it's I, a, it's a daily, yeah, it's, exactly. it is like learning. It's like, you know, the Rosetta stone of the basics of learning a foreign language. Mm-hmm. But once you get it, and you get in the groove of it, it gets really exciting. And then you can start talking to people and communicating that way. And it gets really fun. I think about when people go to readings, you know, they give all the power to the astrologer to tell them what's going on. And for me, like, I want to empower people to be able to understand, to understand this stuff because it's, it's all inside of us. It's just finding the the language that helps us to, to see what's going on and to be able to to communicate. Because it's all inside of us. It's natural for every human to pick it up. Mm Mm-hmm. That if you put sense. aside your judgments, your ideas about it, your assumptions, your dismissals of it being hocus pocus mm-hmm. or or uh, fortune telling, that's not what it is at all. Right? I mean, it's been at, it's been used. It's that been way. used it's, that way, yeah. it's, and it's been used that way, and it's been used. I think I, I get why people are turned off by astrology because what Ricky was just saying. I encounter a lot of astrologers who use it as a way to hold themselves up on a pedestal above people. Of I have a power you don't have. And what we're saying is we, as, we have a power you all have. You just need to wake up a little bit and tap into it. But it's a completely natural way of thinking, relating, speaking, understanding the world. It's inside all of us. It's in our DNA. 
Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. And my vision is, you know, we all have our unique experiences and come from different backgrounds. And once you learn this language, you cater it and use it and have insights that I would never have because I have a different background. And you can go back once you, you start to get this and go, not just, you know, we talked about looking at people's charts and current sessions and saying, okay, right now you're in a cancer time. What I've really loved is using it as a tool to go back and look at my divorce from 10 years ago, to look at other major events that maybe haunted me or I couldn't, I confused by it. Why did that happen? And to go back and you really kind of can understand your past in a different way and almost rewrite it where you get to make peace with things where you're like, oh, that's why, that's why that Virgo came into my life. And, and you know, I wish I'd handled the, the change in the relationship more gracefully or appreciated what he represented at the time. But I do now. And it's a really interesting way of almost like, making amends or what would you, what would you say? Like I'd say it's changing, uh, changing the past. I mean, science tells us that what we store as memories isn't what happened. It's mm-hmm. our story about what happened. And so as we look back at certain situations that happened in the past with, with more insight and more clarity, it literally changes the past within, which then changes the present and gives you the opportunity to create a different future. And so this tool is, it really is multidimensional and you can go yeah. into the future and see possibly, you know, upcoming possibilities and you can go into the past and, and really, gain a lot of consciousness about, about what happened. Something that Linnaeus said was, was, was tempting to touch on earlier, it gets right to the core of this, is that, you know, if we think of most of the things that have occurred in our lives, the majority of the things that have actually occurred, we've forgotten, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, we've forgotten the details. What's left over is the, the way it affected us. Right. Okay, and so if you think of, you know, and it's just similar to the idea I mentioned earlier about us living in two different worlds. Is we live in an internal world or we live in an external world. And sometimes in the external world, we fail. You know, mm-hmm. we get it wrong. We lose a game. You know, the relationship falls apart. We lose the, the job. Whatever. But if you think of in the future, right, in future lifetimes even, right, the details of what happened, we forget. Right. But mm-hmm. the effect of it is what we remember. And so even if you, you know, you had a, a difficult outer experience in your life, if you can reflect on it and gain some consciousness about what was really going on, that's what we keep. That's mm-hmm. what's real. That's what's going to survive our physical death. The actual event, that's that becomes a, right. a faded memory. Yeah, that's what we call reprogramming. It's mm-hmm. really like rewriting your own story in a way that will help you heal and move forward. Yeah. And and to me, it's uh, sometimes people take, take it the wrong way, like you're rewriting a, a different kind of story. But usually when you look back at, with perception, you see that everything was exactly the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's like not like passion. fantasy, That's right? You see what, what was actually there. Right. Yeah. And I just noticed so many times in my life, like in a moment where I made a bad decision, right? Mm-hmm. That I look back and I say, why did I choose that? But in, if I go back to the moment that I made the decision, based on the information that I had, that was the best decision that I could have made, you know? Right. And, and so looking at it like that, a lot of the judgment went away and I realized, you know, Life is a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, if you're beating yourself up, the chances are you're not learning the lesson. You're right. not seeing what, there's, there's a gift there for us in every situation. And if we're always open to finding what the gift is, then we will. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. know, for me, like when Ricky talks about like each, each sign has its own evolutionary aim, you know, mm-hmm. and like with Pisces, it's different ways to say it, but one of them when he was talking, you know, made me realize it's, um, you know, the development of compassion. <laughs> and the Capricorn in me has a really hard time with that. I'm very judgmental. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember looking back, like people, when I would be in job interviews, the, the, the 
people would say, tell me some of your, your bad qualities. Okay. You know, cause everybody's always talking themselves up in, 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 um, job interviews. Right. And they're like, tell us things, the things that you, you don't like about yourself. And I remember like one of my colleagues saying, well, make sure it's something that can be turned into a positive. Right. I feel work. like I've always learned that as well. Right? <laughs> so make it sound like it's like, but, but also where you can spin it as, but I'll be a good worker because of that, whatever. And I remember when I honed in on the two things that I noticed about myself that, uh, were sort of limiting, but they were also just sort of these, like these places I was going as I would say, um, I'm very judgmental. Like I realized that I was like, I'm really judgy. Mm -hmm. I have these like right and wrong things and opinions about things and that's good. And that's not, and you know, kind of rule following in that way. And I think that's part of what attracted me to law is that law is a structure you know, the Capricorn, it's a structure right. and there are rules to the game. And if you mm-hmm. know the rules, you can get far and everybody is subject to man-made laws. And if I can learn some of those laws, I can kind of rise up. Right. But, but it's based on an idea of right and wrong laws are, you can do that. You can't do that. Right. Right. Wrong. And that appeal to that Capricorn part of me, the other trait I used to always give in these interviews was that I'm really impatient. <laughs> and you would say that's true, right? Even today. And the part of me that, that I, I realize like now is something we haven't even talked about yet in the charts that's really cool is the thing called the South Node, which is the symbol in the chart that, that unlocks the symbols of looking at the same chart, but it unlocks a different way to look at the symbols as this is who you've been before. Oh, can you go a little bit more into that? Yeah. So it's like your past life karmic predicament that you've determined I'm jumping back into earth to be born on this day at this time to these parents in this geolocation so that the snapshot of the planets look like this hologrammed onto me the minute I take my first breath. You've chosen all of that because of the South Node, because of what you're here to resolve. So why are you a Capricorn? Your South Node will tell you why you chose Capricorn energy as a dominant one this go around to get to, to sort of make right or um, you use good language I'll give, around I'll give you an with example. this. I'll give you an example. So it, it's one way to look at the South Node is in the, the whole complex. It's the chart underneath the chart. Yeah. And this is something, when I when I first learned astrology, I learned Vedic astrology, um, which is very different. Mm-hmm. And, and I kept trying to find a way to make the system work for me. And I got close, but couldn't quite make it sing the way I thought it could. And so I met this, this guy who was a Vedic astrologer but used the Western Zodiac. And so tried to experiment with that and it just started to purr. It just started to sing. And then I kind of made the shift over to just full kind of Western Western astrology. But still, it was it was good at describing people, but I was always sensing there's something missing. And, and I met my teacher and, and he really, like the basis of his teaching is evolutionary astrology. So you have to understand, okay, someone is in Aries, right? They're here to learn courage, but are they in Aries that was, you know, they had too much courage and got themselves into trouble or they were a coward? Right. And so the chart underneath the chart gives you the background of, of like Linnea said, of the why. What are you here? What are you here to resolve? And, and what do you bring with you? Usually unresolved things. What do you bring with you to, to this um, to this task? And usually if, if you look at someone's sat and you talk to them about it, it's those things where we keep getting hung up, you know, we kind of get tripped up in our mm-hmm. lives. And if we have clarity and, and forgiveness and compassion, we can come to terms with where we've been and understand, you know, why it's so important to head in the direction that, that the North Node suggests. Uh, 
So I'll use, I'll use us as an example. So the south node takes about 18 months to move through a sign. So everyone born in an 18-month period has the same south node. And so Nay and I have the same south node. Um, but my complex and my kind of story is, is about a warrior. You know? mm -hmm. And this is, a, this is something we see so often with the south node, is that most, if not everyone, in some way repeats the same story, right? The same themes that were in the past, we repeat them in our, in our current lives. Sometimes we actually repeat them, or sometimes we grow up in a family where the same theme is played out. You know, like I, I had a reading with the same woman who had the, the big second house, yeah. money issues. And, and her South Node story was about sacrificing too much for the security of being in a relationship. And as soon as I started to tell that story, she said, that's my mom. Wow. Right? So she grew up in that environment. Mm -hmm. And in that environment, she part of her core personality was some kind of response or reaction to that kind of energy, mm -hmm. which is reminding her of the unresolved things and the physical manifestation to make it present in her current life. And so if we can identify these, these themes from the past, these unresolved, unresolved themes, we can have more clarity moving, moving forward. Um, and so a, a brief overview of my, my kind of South Node story is I was a warrior. And there's a, there's a period in history where, well, there's different periods in history where indigenous cultures and cultures have had the same experience, where they're living in, in relative peace with the, with the land. And usually the, the, the white guys with the metal, you know, with the, with the guns and, and the advanced tools come and take, and take over. And so a sense of, this is the theme, right? Where uh, I was a warrior and I went to battle to protect my family and my village. Um, but I just had a shield and a spear and they had guns, you know? Okay. And, so, and so if you can imagine being in that experience and dying, feeling that you've, you've failed and you've let people down, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I found in my, especially in my relationship life, you know, like this, this feeling of, of having to be in a relationship where I have to prove and not let someone down. And that became like an overarching theme that, that overrode, is this even someone that I can be in a relationship with? Wow, um, yeah. And so as I got clarity on that and, and forgave myself and came to terms, I've been able to make different choices out of my relationship life to, to have a relationship that really feeds my soul and is not bound by this obligation, this, mm -hmm. this, this feeling of failure to protect. Can we, just as a blind eye looking at a chart, get little hints as to what sure. that might be for us? For yeah. sure, for sure. But, you know, the, the, the tool, like this type of astrology, is it's really about storytelling. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. about tapping into the energy and seeing what the, what the energies are saying. So it's, if, if you understand the language and you're, you're willing to let go and let your imagination flow, you can come up with some really cool stuff. That's but it, fun. <laughs> but it's the, a simple thing is just understanding the sign and the house of your south node. That's okay. going to give a lot of information. Okay, you know? cool. The, the one thing is like, for instance, Aries, right? We mm -hmm. have Aries south node. Is astrology takes everything in the universe and puts it into 12 separate boxes. And so these are huge boxes, okay? Archetypal fields is, is the way we refer to them. And so the archetypal field of Aries is everything to do with courage. So it's about having courage. It's about the fire you need to face challenges. It's about what happens when you have that fire and you're not facing challenges. That fire overruns and gets you in trouble. Mm -hmm. And it's about situations where you can't muster the courage and you get intimidated and you have this feeling of being a coward. Everything, everything that all the stories you've ever heard that have that kind of theme, you know, action movies, right? This is another theme, right? It's a, one of the Aries themes is protection, protecting the people we love, right? And so you see the, the Denzel Washington movie where he's got to protect the little girl that he loves. You know, she's kidnapped. Now he's got 
carte blanche to kill everyone until you get <laughs> yeah. your back, right? This mm-hmm. is this is that archetypal field and, and how we bring that into our own lives, right? We're in a relationship, okay? And I'm, I'll just use you because you're a woman and I think it, it'll speak to a theme that people yeah. can relate to. I don't want you to feel like I'm picking on you. But again, <laughs> and I, I'm guilty of this too, but for, for everyone, I mean, it's more helpful. But again, the idea of a woman in a relationship feels, you know, um, disrespected or has something that she wants to put on the table, but she knows that if she brings it up, it's going to turn into an argument. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it requires courage to have that difficult, to have that difficult conversation. Okay. And so um, I do something, you know, and leave my socks on the floor and then the <laughs> like, God damn it. Why can't he just put his socks in the basket? It's right there. Right. But she thinks, you know, I'm a Capricorn. I'm cool and collected. I don't want to make a big deal. You know, I don't want to be a crazy. I'm guilty. I don't want to be a crazy. I don't want to be a crazy woman, so I'm not going to say anything, right? And so, you know, it happens and it happens and it happens. Okay, and then you know, now this actually happened. I um, <laughs> I, I went next door to the to the, like the neighbor's yard, and they had a lot of leaves in the yard. And when I walked back over, like I tracked leaves back, kind of made a mess, you know. And I guess this was egregious enough right for for her to say something and so she did say something but when she said it all of the times of the socks being mm. all of the anger that was built up came <laughs> all, all fire, the, yeah. yeah came at the same time and i was like all you have to do is just say hey you know why don't you clean this up but i would have done it you know but and this is this is what happens right if we don't if we're not comfortable sticking up for ourselves for the little things they build up and they and then we overreact and then we're dealing with again more of the shadow side and so if you've got Mars or Aries in a relationship area of your chart, one of the things that you're learning is the art of intimate conflict, right? How do we face difficult issues inside of a relationship? And the importance of this is if you don't do that, the passion eventually is going to die. The Mars, the fire, the heat in the relationship is going to die out because like, people get in a relationship and they agree. Certain topics we know we're going to fight about, so let's not talk about those topics. Mm-hmm. But the resentment builds and mm-hmm. then the passion starts to drain out. Wow. And so someone looking at their chart right now who may not have, you know, a lot of our listeners are pretty, they understand basic knowledge of, of reading a chart, or at least, you know, their um, primal triad. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, Leela, Lila. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato, yeah. <laughs> exactly. How can they right now look at that? Let's just start with that and get a sense. I know you've touched on this a little bit, but just like, how can we find hints to our authenticness or how can we tap into that using just like if you have like just a few quick easy tools well i think the biggest thing is is more of a philosophical thing and it's and it's the way that we that astrology is introduced to people is as a tool for description Mm -hmm. so it describes people you know um this doesn't work if you think about it because the same chart we had when we were born is the same chart we have now Mm -hmm. you know We've all of us, even the, you know, the most <laughs> dense, right? We've grown and we've changed. <laughs> right, absolutely. And so, the, yes, astrology can describe, but it, it's it's limiting in its description. And I think to first to start to understand signs as being ideals, something that we're working towards, mm-hmm. right? And and then the and so when, as, as people look at the signs, try to understand them as an ideal that they're working towards. And if you're talking about the sun. Right. The ideal that a Gemini son is working towards is developing an open mind, like raw curiosity and gathering of raw data, information. And so anytime, because the aim is to have an open mind, to see what's actually there, to not have preconceived notions mm-hmm. about things. This is what Gemini is all about. And so anytime I'm moving in that direction, the sun, 
I'm going to have energy, I'm going to have vitality, and my life is going to be meaningful. It doesn't even matter how I'm honoring that goal or that aim. As long as I'm doing it, my life is going to expand. Okay. Okay. And so to think of to think of the signs, again, as ideals of something that we're working towards and to, to give ourselves permission to move in that mm-hmm. direction. So is that same, say, you're looking at your moon and, like, finding, so, like, my moon is in Aquarius. So is that, like, finding the ideal of, like, balancing my emotions in an Aquarian way? Well, you could, you, you could, I mean, that's, that's a more advanced, but I would say it's simple, especially with the primal triad. It really would extend to all the planets, but we'll keep it simple with the primal triad. Even if you didn't know it was the moon, you just knew that your moon was in Aquarius, of moving towards Aquarian ideals, right? And the Aquarian ideal is, I don't care what you think about me. Mm-hmm. Your opinion about me is none of my business. That's the Aquarian ideal, to, to truly be able to think for yourself, not rebel, but to, to be able to push against the resistance of the pressure to be something you're not and to stay, stay authentic to your true path, right? What the moon says is if you do well at this aim, you'll have a sense of, of happiness and healing and inner peace and you'll be in touch with your instincts. But the sign, right, is it's still the same goal. The planet there just tells you what part of, what function or what part of yourself is, is going to receive the gifts, the oh, rewards okay. from moving in that I direction. understand. So then that would be the same, too, for your rising sign. It would be the same, but the rising sign is, is slightly different because it's not a planet, it's more a point. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of confusion comes up for people when they think about the rising sign. And I think this is something that practical happens. that I can yeah. share with, with your listeners that can help people understand the rising sign. So we just talked about the sun and the moon, okay? So in, in your case, right? Um, sun, right? The, the key to your vitality is having a difficult task that you can focus on. The key here, though, is making sure that the difficult task is something that feeds your heart. Biggest mistake that Capricorns make is they find a difficult task, but it's a task that they were that their father or their parents wanted them to yeah. do or society wanted them to do. And so they'll stick to it and they'll probably be successful, but it'll be empty, right? Mm-hmm. It'll create a sense of drudgery and exhaustion. Mm-hmm. So the key is the gift Capricorns have the ability to focus. The, the key is make sure you're focused on something and you find a task that's worthy of your discipline in your effort. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the sun. You move in that direction, find a challenge and, and eye on the prize. <laughs> right? You're gonna have that vitality. Okay. Um, the moon, okay, Aquarius, like I said, the ability to think for yourself. What do what do Aquarius and, and Capricorn have in common? They're both ruled by Saturn. Saturn is a hermit, right? And so one of the things that you're learning. The light that goes through your chart is one that requires solitude, Mm -hmm. you know, to be okay on your own, right? To be able to stand on your own two feet so you don't have to need anyone. Mm -hmm. If you were in a place where you needed someone, you'd have to already start to start to sacrifice too much of what's valuable and what's important Mm -hmm. to you. Okay. I feel that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so the sun and the moon—you can think they're called the lights in astrology, right? They're the, they're the brightest parts of us, the, the voices that are loudest in our mm-hmm. head. Okay, what the ascendant represents is—is is, we talked about this analogy, and we don't love it, but it's really good. Okay, <laughs> and it's tricky because it brings up religious symbolism. But the ascendant—you can think of like a stained glass window, in the sense that it colors the light. In this case, we're talking about the sun and the moon. It colors the light of the sun and the moon. Okay. okay? And so you said you're a Sagittarius mm-hmm. rising. Okay. And so the, the nature, the, the nature of, of, of Capricorn and Aquarius, again, is this, this hermit energy, right? I need to be by myself. And it's also kind of a cold, hard energy, right? <laughs> um, where this is all things being equal, right? Aquarius and Capricorn energy, all your friends are going out to have a good time. You're like, I'm good. I'm just going to stay home. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Another way to think of the ascendant and rising sign is the style, 
Okay, so these two ideas. It colors the light of the rest of the chart. Okay. And it also manifests your style, the mm-hmm. way you move in the world. Okay. And so very different than, than uh, Aquarius and Capricorn is Sag energy. It's the life of the party. You know, yeah. Sag is this need to have a, a large variety of experiences to so just go for it. Mm-hmm. And you, you get the, the meaning out of, out of this imagery and this combination of these two points, right? Is that the light shining through your 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 sad ascendant right is is this aquarian capricorn light right mm. another way to think of this to, to make it more practical is when you first meet someone right you get a sense of, of who they are wow this person this guy the people first meet me a virgo rising this guy is really quiet right mm-hmm. but you start asking questions you need information or start talking astrology i'm not going to shut yeah. up right <laughs> yeah. my gemini is going to come out but mm-hmm. what you're going to see at first is that verb is that virgo rising yeah. and until the conversation like activates my Virgo, I'm just going to sit back and, and observe and watch, mm-hmm. right? And so the light, right? Because Gemini's, people are like, you're a Gemini, you should be talking all the time. The light of my Gemini is shining through the serviceful, purposeful mm-hmm. Virgo. And if, I, if I'm going to share something, but my thoughts aren't clear and they, I know they don't make sense, typically it's just going to keep my mouth shut mm-hmm. because it's not going to be useful that way. Um, and so um, the Ascendant, again, is the stained glass window that, that the light of the truck shines through and so it modifies the, the basic energy of the sun and the moon. And from an evolutionary perspective, the ascendant can be thought of as the ideal mask or act that okay. we play in life. You mm-hmm. know? And, I, and I also think of, it's, it's similar imagery, similar energy to what you were saying earlier about the mask people wear, right? And so to, to, to put the ascendant into that framework, right, um, one of the functions of the ascendant is to serve as protection for the more sensitive parts of the chart, mm-hmm. right? But if too much of the ascendant is based on protection, right, it's not going to really be able to do its function as going out in the world and accomplishing things. And accomplishing things. So the ascendant tells us that we all have to function in the social world, right? Mm-hmm. We all have to have an act that we, a social identity, an act that we take out into the world. Mm-hmm. And the ascendant gives us the information about what are the materials? What are the, ar- the archetypal flavor of our ideal act, right? And for you, your ideal act, the way you show up in the world, is to is to send the message to your environment that you're that you're ready for an adventure, mm-hmm. right? That you're ready to have a uh, an expansive conversation and expansive information. But once they get to know you, and you know, they're going to probably be a little bit struck by how serious you are, mm-hmm. you know. But the initial the initial sense of what they'll pick up is your is your ascendant so how do you find balance between living that and living it authentically like not letting it overpower you and in terms of like if too much i don't know if this will make sense but if like too much of my sag were to come out is that like being inauthentic to my moon and sun or is it just well i think it's i think especially where you are right now in the lifespan you're not going to have it figured out, you know? Right. And so the first answer that comes to mind is creativity. Is as we're aware of our sun and our moon and our ascendant, we can be creative in how they integrate with each other. Uh, Linnea is a, is a great example, right? And this, this is typically occurs with women, you know, because one of the things about our ascendant is how we show up. It's our body, 
right? It's our sin is our body. You walk into a room, people see you, right? And there's an energy that comes off of our bodies. And mm -hmm. so the ascendant is associated with the body. And so much of our, of our cultural training about women is that women have been identified with their looks and with their body. And so it's typical for a woman to over, overly identify with her ascendant because that's the feedback that they get. Right? Oh, wow. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and right, we don't typically, this, things are changing, thank goodness, we don't typically empower women to be the hero, which mm -hmm. is sun energy, right? And so what's happened, it's not happening as much anymore, but women would project their sun onto, onto their partner, onto mm -hmm. a man, and let them live it out, right? But mm -hmm. luckily, that's, that's changing. Women are embodying, you know, heroic, <laughs> heroic yeah. tasks in, in the world. But, and so, and, you know, that Linnea, right, she honored, and her moon's there too, she honored the Capricorn path, she honored it, and she was successful in, in life, but, you know, there was something missing, and we met, and it seems like the purpose of me coming mm -hmm. into her life was to, like, light a spark under, under the, the Pisces part of, of her, and it, you know, it's been beautiful to, to watch her embrace it and move into it and really become more of who she is and you know the first time she came back from kundalini and said you know i had this crazy idea come to me in meditation and she was willing to implement it in business that was the proper integration of her primal tribe i see that yeah because the, the moon when it's in the first house that's where her moon is first house is where we have to make choices and the moon is about our how things feel and so it's it's tapped also into intuition not just our emotions but this idea of I feel like we're going to know each other for a long time, mm -hmm. right? Or I feel like today is going to be a good day. Yeah. Right? Just that sense, right? This is the moon. And so when the moon is in the first house, you're learning to make choices based on that sense, right? Um, and so, and then you tie in the fact that she's a Pisces, right? You know that that sense is going to be coming from, you know, the transcendence, from altered states. And to see her trust, learning to trust that, mm -hmm. it's, it's beautiful. And th there's challenges, right? It's hard to trust some voice that comes in when you're making right. a real life decision <laughs> in the business world, right. right? But but as you do it more and you see, okay, this didn't, you know, things didn't collapse, things yeah. didn't fall apart the way that I thought, you develop faith and, and it becomes easier. And again, this is, I think, the path to authenticity is you take a risk in doing something different and you notice, wow, this worked. This, mm -hmm. feels, this feels good and natural mm -hmm. to me and then you just build on that. Wow. So how can, what is a tool that you can share maybe for people who are going through their Saturn return and maybe feeling a lot of that turmoil? I know for me right now, I'm going through a Pluto transit, which yeah. is a lot to go through, but mm -hmm. what, what are some tools that you can offer for people who are going through this and maybe struggling to find that balance? Well, it, it's, it's difficult for, first for simple tools without the basic understanding. And so, that makes sense. And yeah. so an example is, and it's just basic understanding, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I talk about a Saturn return, right? The basic understanding of a Saturn return, right, is you're moving from youth into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And Saturn return, Saturn is about making things real. And so a Saturn return, you have to have some kind of tangible, real-life experience that concretizes the idea that I'm an adult now. Mm -hmm. You know, an example from my, my Saturn return. I was a football player. This is after I came back after I retired. And I ended up getting suspended again, and I went to go play football up in, up in Canada. And when I came back, uh, I was at this crossroads where there was a chance that I might never play football again. And if I might not let me back into mm -hmm. the NFL. And so I decided to go to Boston and, and enter intense psychotherapy, where I sat with a uh, um, where I sat with the psychiatrist for five days a week for six for six months. And about week three, you know, it dawned on me that 
Football is, is like helping me do what I want to do, but what I really want to be doing is closer to what he's doing, sitting across and talking to people and helping them gain insight into their lives. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I, that's when I decided I'm going to go back to school, I'm going to get my degree, and I'm going to, and I'm going to go to some sort of medical school and, and find a way to integrate mind-body with all this astrology stuff. And if I hadn't had that experience, I'd be like so many other retired football players, lost and not sure what I'm going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And this is sad, right? What are you going to do with your life? And the Saturday return is you have, to, you have to see if you can take that vision. Hopefully you have a dream or a vision from youth and you have to see how am I going to make this real? And that, the whole idea with Capricorn and Saturn is, is these two different worlds, the inner world and the outer world, is how do we, how do we take our inner dreams and visions and make them real in the outer world? And that requires a lot of times... Um, compromise, right? right? Realizing that our dreams aren't going to manifest in the real world exactly the way they show up in mm-hmm. here. But if we can stay true to the essence and the, the, the core of what they are, there's a path for us to create something great. Capricorn Saturn is about a great work, something that lasts. Mm-hmm. And so Saturn Return is where you take your, your first stab at finding what that great work is. It's exciting. And to be more specific, if you know what house your Saturn is in, that's going to give you more specific specific information about what area of life your great your great work is. Okay, well, that's For helpful. instance, uh, Linnea has her Saturn in the eighth house. The eighth house is about bonded relationships. So a big part of her great work in this world, but she's uh, the area of life where she needs to look for a task that's worthy of her hard work mm-hmm. is in the area of creating a committed bonded relationship. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So he represents that symbolism. You know, mm-hmm. People represent the different symbols in the charter, they, they show up that way. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, just briefly, because you mentioned a Plutonian time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and all you, sorry, I'm just like, you can get it. <laughs> I'm going so through Plutonian, one too. Yeah. Not, as much as, not as much as it being conjunct your sun. Yeah. Which is, what, what day were you born? January 13th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Saturn's going over your sun too. Uh, and so Saturn again is mature. We have to grow up and having a, a physical things show up in the world that, that shows you that you've made it to the next level of maturity. And Pluto, the purpose of Pluto, right? We all have wounds, right? We all have things that we feel ashamed about, right? And if you really took a microscope and looked at what keeps us from moving forward in life, it's the wounds, mm-hmm. right? It's We're wounded in a place and we just are stuck there. And so in a Plutonian time, those places where we are wounded and we're stuck are going to be triggered, right? And as they're triggered, it's an opportunity for us to heal and move and move past them, mm-hmm. right? And, and if someone is coming up into a Plutonian time, to be able to give them this information that there's going to be there's going to be some fucked up stuff that's about <laughs> to occur in your in your life, but the purpose of it is to trigger these old wounds. Mm-hmm. And and the task for you in a Plutonian time is to not not blame the stuff on what's going on on the outside and realize that this is just stirring stuff in me. I've learned me, that. That, that, I, that. That, I, that, I need, that I need to resolve. 100%. Yeah. And if you do a good job with that, you come out of it wiser and mm-hmm. you have more energy and more vitality and this feeling of nothing can stop me mm-hmm. because the things that have been stopping you, you've cleaned them out a little bit. Wow. Yeah. Wow, this is all really helpful. Yeah, and, so, and so just a practical example, um, I talked about the first house is being where we have to make difficult choices. Okay, so Pluto... It's moving through Linnea's first house, moving through Capricorn. And it's making an opposition aspect to her seventh house Mars in Cancer, mm-hmm. okay? And so Mars energy, I talked about as a warrior energy, where you have to stand up for yourself. And so Pluto hits anything in the chart, any kind of wounding we have around that planet is coming to the surface. 
in, in my opinion, all women, men too, but mainly all women have some wounding to their aggressive dysfunction because the nature of the culture we grow in, we said, you're not supposed to do it's that. It's been so right? suppressed. Yeah. yeah. And so going through a Pluto time and, you know, you know, my son, she mentioned at the same time, the cancer time. Mm-hmm. So she's doing family, right? And her Mars is in cancer. So this dealing with fire, aggression, assertiveness inside of the family. Okay. My son is a kid, is a Aries rising, right? And he's a, He's a true Aries, like, you know, like, like he walks in the house, you know, he's home. Yeah. Even if he doesn't say anything, he, you know, you know, good kid, but you know, he's a teenager dealing with this, this fire energy. And so Nea in a parental position for the first time, you know, it's my son. So she wants to be the cool mom, but like with this kid, if you're the cool mom, he'll go right over you, you know? And so, and so she was in a situation where she had to make a difficult choice, you know, like I need to stand up to him. I need to do something about my situation. Because it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. And all the wounds that started to come up were when she was a kid, her stepfather, right? This this wounding experience, right? If you if you act like this, you're bossy, you're not gonna have any friends. Right. You know? And so, you know, whenever she's time for her to stand up for herself, I think she was hearing that voice. And she would, you know, until she had a reason to be pissed off, mm-hmm. right? And then it all came out. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> And so these are the, and these are the real life experiences yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and having this awareness, again, not going to blame other people who realize, wow, I really have been wounded by these experiences. And this is an opportunity for me. To, and and the, the beautiful thing is when we make a strong response to these challenges, we get rewards. And, you know, Linnea as a CEO is finding her assertive voice as a leader and it's making a difference in, in our company. Wow. Yeah. But being triggered by these these experiences right. going intense right. experiences going on in the house. Right. But yeah, I think it, the the point of it, it just seems like consciousness, you know, being conscious of it versus being unconscious of the energies makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Especially with like intense energies like Pluto energy. Mm-hmm. It's like some of the energies are feel good and they're easier and Venus transits and all that's nice. But with this energy, if you're if you're not aware of what it is I mean, it can really do a number on you. You know, in, in, you know, people don't need astrology. You know, people going through our Pluto time, they'll stumble and they'll hurt. But if they're working on themselves, they'll come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. But if you have a sense of what's coming up, you can use intention and you can be a co-creator in writing a story. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my son, the one we're talking about, is really like loves astrology and, and really like has learned it pretty quickly. And we were talking, he's got... Pluto's going to oppose his son in a couple of years. And he was talking to me about, you know, what does this mean and what might, what might go on? And I said, similar to what I just said now, I said, old wounding stuff is going to come to the surface. And he's had a tough, he's had a tough life. And so mm-hmm. it's going to be intense. And so the example he said, you know, and this is, this is my son. He <laughs> said, so would it be a good time to do illegal things? And I said, <laughs> yes. I said, that's, I said, that's probably because you, in a Plutonian time, if you're doing something, um, right, your, your woundedness creates blind spots. You're going to get yourself. You're going right. to traumatize yourself. And so I said, you know, volunteer at a at a, like an abuse shelter. Just put yourself around people that are going through difficult things so that you can stay interactive. If you're using the energy, it's a good time to start therapy. If you're digging and you're trying to find your wounds, they're not going to sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not going to have to be triggered by outer experiences. You can be proactive and realizing mm-hmm. I'm going through this really intense transformational four years. I'm going to support myself so that I can make the most out of it. And then you don't, you don't stumble as much. You know, you can go into it consciously and you can co-write your, your destiny, your life. That's a good point. It's like, if, if you're aware that the energy is there, even though it's invisible 
and you keep the energy close to things it wants to it wants to play with right so like abuse shelters domestic abuse is a plutonian thing right it's these taboo subjects the things we don't want to think about but that they exist and play people don't talk about them go around people that are dying you know that's another so thing you, you do to, in a plutonian time if you immerse yourself in this plutonian energy it's it's almost like a like like relieving the pressure valve of it where the energy is getting fed so that it doesn't need to like have something really dramatic mm -hmm. happen in your life where you see this happen all the time with people where you're like, why did that guy just kill his wife? Mm -hmm. Like everything looked fine. Or why did that person just do that really crazy thing that made the news or whatever, right? Where it kind of catches people, but that's, or, you know, people look at like Anthony Bourdain's suicide or Kate Spade's suicide or things of like, whoa, why did, what, what just happened in their life, right? But that's usually like the energy coming in and because it hasn't been addressed or dealt with or fed or the pressure relieved, it's going to come out, as we said, mm -hmm. one way or the other. And either it's going to elevate your life, you're going to go to the next level of the video game, or it's game over. Yeah, I have a story that, that illustrates this. So I was playing, was playing in the NFL and I, it, was, it was right after the time that I just talked about where I was in therapy and I was reinstated. You know, I got clarity on what I want to do in mm -hmm. my life and synchronistically, I got the letter from the NFL says, you can come back and play. Mm -hmm. And so first game back, I practiced for a week and we're playing up in Pittsburgh against the Steelers, who are always really good on defense. <laughs> and so we're flying in and it's pouring down rain. And it rains for like 48 hours straight. I go on the field before the game and there's like an inch and a half of water sitting on top of the field. And this is the 10th week of the season in my first game. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I play in these conditions where I haven't I've only been training for a week and these guys are like, they've been training for three months, that... I'm at a big disadvantage and I might get hurt. And so the thought occurred, you know, this is a Mars transit, right? <laughs> thought occurred to go to my coach and say, coach, I don't think I should play, right? But my ego says I'm tough and, you know, I'm not going to do that. So I kind of chickened out and mm -hmm. I just said, I'm going to play, right? First play of the second quarter, I get the ball, I drop it. I'm going to get it, doing a push up. Someone steps on my back and I tear my pack, okay? So the idea that I didn't use the, the energy to stand up to the mm -hmm. coach and say, I'm not going to play, it had to express itself somewhere right. else. And Mars is associated with injuries. The wow. energy had to express itself. Yeah, this is really empowering to hear, I think, because a lot of the times, at least I've always thought like, oh, I'm just at, at whim. Like, I, I don't have control over this mm -hmm. change and I don't have a, I don't have like a, a role in it. It's just going to happen to me. So yeah, it's nice to hear. Yeah. yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hear myself say that. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do archetypal t-shirts and one for Capricorn is going to be controlling AF. <laughs> That's really funny. And I'm like, how can I control my pattern return? <laughs> this is part of, this or is another part of, yeah, for me. It's like, astro use astrology to, to get a sense of, well, and Sag meaning, right? Mm -hmm. Sagittarius about meaning. Capricorns are about like, how can I use this in a way where, where, where I'm the leader of the, I'm, I'm the captain of this ship, mm -hmm. you know, and not just on a ship going all the way around and I don't have a handle on what's right. happening. Mm -hmm. and, you know, another, another word, Capricorn word is mastery. And so to approach a, a Pluto transit is how do I master this Pluto transit? And <laughs> how can I squeeze everything out? Yeah, of and, and yeah. mastery of a Pluto transit is is how do I the right eye on the prize? How do I get to the bottom of all my issues? Right, right, and, right. and stay committed and dedicated to mm -hmm. that. Wow, that that that's how you really avoid any of the, the horrible Plutonian stuff happening by mm -hmm. by using that that Capricorn energy to, to honor and worship Pluto, right? What does Pluto want you to do? It's get over your stuff, right? <laughs> right. And so it's all going to come up so that you yeah. have that opportunity. I like this approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, before we 
round up this interview, I would love to hear from you because I it sounds like such a such a powerful tool that everyone should know how to tap into or to use. But how can we make it, you know, it it is this kind of work requires you to become a lot more vulnerable and to, you know, incorporate your feminine your feminine energy and become more in touch with that. So how can I don't know if you have any advice or thoughts on like how to make this appealing for everyone and and to fight against those like woo woo or to to have a more masculine audience engage with this kind of work. I would say it's, wouldn't you say it's also humility, being willing to be humble? Well, I think humble humility is, is which difficult to me pill, is a, a difficult which pill is to a, swallow. Like, I, I think once you start like playing with this, it just it becomes just naturally, cool. Yeah, it just <laughs> yeah, becomes right. so cool where where yeah. you like things that confuse you, you start to get those aha yeah. moments. And, and to me, this idea of of pings, right? When you really start understanding this language, you start experiencing pings on a daily basis. And you start to notice them and recognize them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, I'll just share what I know. And, and, you know, for me, I feel we're lucky. My teacher, uh, his name is Stephen Forrest. He's written a bunch of books. And he's a a Capricorn, you know? He's with the 10th house Virgo, you know? Um, Saturn 10th house Virgo. And so he's really good at taking like this, this metaphysical way out there, all this information and making it practical and simple. And, and he's, he's a talented writer. So he, he really speaks to our experiences. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people come to, to see me and they're interested in learning more. You know, we have, we have a box of copies of, of Inner Sky, his, his seminal book. And I hand it to people and I say, start to, start to learn the alphabet. Mm-hmm. And so my, you know, it's tough right now because there's so much crap information on the internet. Yeah. Right now. It's tough yeah. to find good information, but I'll tell people just learn, learn the alphabet, learn the symbols and just get a general sense of what each of them means. And then, mm-hmm. and then find a teacher, but, but first learn the alphabet. Okay. And he's yeah. starting a school. So oh, wow. that'll be available soon. Yeah. We'll yeah. Have to but, but also, if, you know, people know astrologers that they like, um, have a conversation with, with the astrologer about your chart. And, and you know, I mean, I find that someone can introduce you into the symbolism of your own chart in a way mm-hmm. that, that can be meaningful. And the proof's in the pudding, you know, when you work with people and they give you recommendations on things, you know, notice when you work with astrologers, are, are they actually giving you something to walk out with? The way Ricky looked at my primal triad and said, Pisces, Capricorn, Kundalini Yoga. Mm-hmm. Like that was a very specific and I was like, okay, I will go do that and just experiment and just see what happens. And it's just for people being willing to take these specific suggestions of go on this, you know, tell a lot of Sagittarian energy, if that's up for someone, travel overseas, you know, learn, get, something, new. learn something new. Sagittarius is the archetype of the philosopher and the scholar and the world traveler, mm-hmm. you know? So there are all these very specific in each of the 12 and then looking at how the rest of your, you know, we have 10 planets in our chart, not just the sun. And looking at all of that, plus the rising, plus what's happening now, we can decipher it and say, this is your prescription for the next, you know, week, six months, year, five years to be aware of these are the energies are, that are up. And these are the specific things that, that we would encourage you to do to basically dance with the energies. It's basically magic when you Mm -hmm. think about it yeah it's energy manipulation Mm -hmm. and if you're aware of it and you play with it it rewards you and so that's what we tell people is get get some specific tools 
But notice if you meet with someone, you walk out the door and you're like, okay, but you don't have a list of things you're about to do now. Right. Specific activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good to know because there are a lot of people out there who can like read your chart. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that can, I think, can turn a lot of people off too because yeah. you're like, well, what's the point of that, you know? I mean, everybody's kind of an astrologer these days, right? right? I mean, it's on Snapchat now and it's, yeah. it's mainstreaming really fast. But when you listen Which is, to people, there, I mean, it's nice that people are. are it's great because it yeah. shows. It shows that's where we're moving. It's showing mm-hmm. that's kind of the new religion, so to speak, right? Yeah. So it's great yeah. to see. But in the process, you're going to see a lot of people because they're so excited about it mm-hmm. that the, I mean, you know, his son goes to school at Venice High, and he tell he was the one that told me it's on Snapchat. He's like, "You are oh, wow. not going to believe this. It's on Snapchat now." You mm-hmm. know, and I was that to me was a signal. Okay, things are changing. Mm-hmm. We're on to something here. If the millennials just even younger than that are embracing it as just no big deal, mm-hmm. whereas our parents are like, "That's, That's weird," true, yeah. right? And it's just changing. Same as it's changing with this versus pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Pharmaceuticals for the older generations, plant medicine for the younger. It's mm-hmm. just the the evolution of religion and of medicine and, and of all these things. But he, he says at school, everybody's, he, he hears snippets of everybody talking about their signs and he's like, but they don't know what they're talking about. They're saying the exact opposite of what the thing is. So people don't know what they're talking about. You so know, and it really most like of the time when people rises. talk about their chart, they just talk about the shadow stuff, like what's wrong with it. You know, we, mm-hmm. we gave a talk and there was a tourist in the front. Uh-huh. I said, what do you know about tours? And she said, we're stubborn and we have to think. Right. Nuts. I feel like that's, that was my first understanding yeah. of like, it was always the shadow side. Yeah. And, and I think those books. And it's like, what do you do with that? It's, I know. it's like, we're like, how about we do this in an affirming way? But there's something to do with it is to know that if you're making a poor response. That's what it looks like. That's, that's what, what it looks, looks like. That's what that's it looks like. And no one talks about when you're making a because yeah. most people are making poor responses right. so that's what we know right. so it's like let's have more of an experience of the positive so that isn't the first thing out the gate we start with how it looks great and then we also give the pitfall of it but we lead with you know as a Taurus you know you've been born with the resources to learn how to calm down mm-hmm. and uh, appreciate the simple things in life and that in that calming down process that's that's where genius comes in and I can really appreciate that 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 feeling of uh, Taurus energy at its best. There's there is such a simple wisdom that comes through Taurus that doesn't come through any other sign. Trusting your instincts. Trusting Animal your instincts. Does this smell right? It's mm-hmm. like the you know the dog just came over and sniffed me and determined I was good enough to plop down next mm-hmm. to versus going up to someone else and running away or being afraid of someone. Right. That that animal. There's a lot of wisdom that comes from what we call the animal kingdom, but that's, mm-hmm. that's Taurus. And Taurus is about learning to trust that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. thank you guys so much. Where can we find you? Where can people find you for all this information? <laughs> We're most active on Instagram. Instagram's kind of where we start content. It just kind of scatters mm-hmm. from there to gets onto Facebook and all of that. But um, Ricky's Instagram is just at Williams. He got the last name Williams above everybody nice. else on the planet. <laughs> no, I did it. Like, nice. Everybody <laughs> with the last name Williams on the planet, he got it. Yeah. So we're like, haha, Serena and yeah, Venus. Right? And- you could probably sell that for millions later on. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and then and my website is, is Ricky Handles Williams. Ricky Williams. Life, and there's Let's information about um, about all the stuff I'm doing there. People can find more information about astrology. <laughs> that's such a Capricorn thing to say when she's like you could sell that and I'm like and Des is like oh god now Linnea is going to want to sell it because like, we're, we're like ka-ching ka-ching exactly. let's make some money with this let's make some money she's like so yeah that's so funny okay wait so so at Williams and then mine is at Linnea Myron but ours are you know we we 
we ta- we put I noticed a lot of this in your bios. So in the bios and like we tag each other and stuff because we're in a lot of each other's mm-hmm. content. And so you can, if you go on one, you can find the other pretty easily. And then Real Wellnesses is our, at RW Real Wellness. Uh, Ricky on Twitter is Rick the Laureate. <laughs> Twitter's like a whole other game. There's interesting stuff going on over there. And then Ricky's personal website, which which really kind of lays out everything that, that we do and um, events and content from previous things. That's rickywilliams.life, L-I-F-E. Awesome. Somebody owns rickywilliams.com and oh. won't sell it to us. Oh. We're holding it hostage Rude. for a lot of money. Yeah. Kind of like what we were just talking about. Right, with the, yeah. uh, we had a score in the Instagram, but we're having a little yeah. trouble Uh-oh. with the domain world. So well, I like dot life. Yeah. I like that life too. <laughs> I do too, but it's taken, it's taken people a little while yeah. to, get, to get used to the other, yeah. uh, you know, moving on. Who looks at websites world. anyway? I know. Yeah. Social you even media. like people online shop on their phones now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, through his website, um, you can book the sessions directly. That's, that's the best place to do it. Okay. great. Actually, that's probably the only place to mm-hmm. do it that we have set up unless it's, uh, somebody that we've already met and we can just kind of do it, mm-hmm. uh, informally. But the, the, the best way to do it, if you haven't met us directly is to go on rickywilliams.life and there's an astrology section that gives a little background on evolutionary astrology, how to track down your birth certificate. If you don't have that, that's very oh, that's important. useful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we really encourage people to do that. Um, even if, yes, it's pretty reliable if you get the time from your mother, mm-hmm. but some moms have been wrong. My mom was off by two hours. Yeah. My mom was off by <laughs> a little bit. And I would, have, I would have been a Sagittarius rising. Oh, wow. Had I she, was trying, she was trying. To I was be trying to. I got to be a Sagittarius rising. I got to be a Sagittarius. like adventure, adventure, adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like one, one bit of Capricorn is enough. Trying. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I, don't like, I, don't I don't know about this. You're like, the first thing you said to me was, I'm a corporate lawyer. Yeah. You are not a sad. A that is, yeah. It's like classic definition of that's cap so rising. Funny. Right? Funny. That is oh, a whole, I could write a whole chapter in a book just about like dating when you first meet someone, how like you put one foot, like one yeah. face forward and then you get to know the person and you're, you're like, like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, really? That's what I led with? I'm a corporate yeah. lawyer? And I'm like, yes, That's so funny. That's why I want to be a stash rising. Well, this but was yes, great. So, yeah. Oh, great. And I can't wait for your app named <gasps> after me. I know. <laughs> we got a break. Yes. I mean, it's very exciting. Yeah. And so that, to the to the point of what he was saying about um, going into the past and re-understanding the past with compassion. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just love people more now. You know, it's like part of... One of the greatest things that I, our teacher said about astrology that to me works for everybody is, or it just it just really hits home, is that it it, it astrology gives you and uh, you can appre- not only appreciate human diversity but really celebrate, celebrate it, like celebrate it. And we're coming to the end of a Leo season right now, so I I use the word celebrate a lot right now because um, that really is a Leo word of you know Leo's all eyes on me and this is who I am and mm-hmm. the development of me. And, and that, and so appreciating that, that, that we're all different, we're all unique. Um, everybody's just being who they are, just trying to figure out who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's really helped with going back to my judgment, yeah. coming from a place of less Capricorn judgment, more mm-hmm. Pisces compassion Yeah, is, um, just recognizing what everybody's really doing mm-hmm. here. And they're not out to get me and they're not trying to make my life miserable. Right. They're just a teacher that's here to show me something. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and to be able to appreciate that. And when somebody steps into my world now, 
instead of analyzing them of, oh, this is a man of this age, of this race, of this background, of this whatever, you can really move into a place of like, who's here energetically. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, ooh, this feels like Aries on the scene. Or ooh, this feels like Cancer just showed up on the scene with a little bit of Pisces mixed in or a little bit of this. Okay, how do I... What what? How can I use them for my absolutely? How can I use that for my expansion mm-hmm. and appreciate it? Appreciate everything. You know, Des shows me so much. You know, Cancer Taurus energy that is just good for me to mm-hmm. have that. Capricorns have, have a difficult time remembering to take care of themselves. Yeah, and so, so, <laughs> so they need those Capricorns need a Cancer in their life to remind them to take. And they just teach me how to like how a self care. Just being mm-hmm. around, you know, Ricky and Des a lot. They each just do things without even trying, it's effortless because they have cancer energy because they were born with the resources to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Dead says something about all the nut milks she makes and all the <laughs> things she does. And I'm like, God, like she's, she's really good at like taking care, yeah. like taking care of the body, Taurus, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it just shows me that, that that's an, an important piece of this whole world that I don't embody as strongly. So I, I just, I, I honor and respect it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I know the piece, the part of this whole thing that I'm, that my superpowers are, and I don't have to feel threatened by other people's because I'm really tapping into mine. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, wow, look at that badass cancer over there, bringing that into the mix. Thank God for that person. Cause I'm not going to do it. Right. But it needs, but it's, it's, it needs to be here as mm-hmm. part of the, the whole, the whole thing. So it's really cool. Cause it'll just, now you're going to start thinking about your parents and your yeah, siblings and like your friends. Game. It's a game, right? Where you're like, oh, what's this figure yeah. represent in the video game? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I learn? Me? Yeah. It's where really is this cool. person going to take me? But yeah. future yeah. prediction to the to the point of, Lila, you know, we call it Leela, spelled mm-hmm. the same way as your name, Lila. But we just recently, I think yesterday, I just saw it put on our calendar. We just had this internal team discussion because we haven't launched it yet. And the whole question is, when do we launch it? And should we obviously use astrology to determine the best time to launch Lila. We did it when we launched Real Wellness very intentionally on Tuesday, March 20th, 2018 at 2 p.m. Wow. Because we wanted the rising sign mm-hmm. of the company to be Cancer, the healer. And the rising signs shift every two and change hours mm-hmm. in a day. It goes around the wheel 24 hours. So you've got to, you've got we found the window when rising we would dawn on people as the healers. Oh, that's so beautiful to think of a way that you can... You can do it with yeah. everything. You can do it... When we got married, we intentionally got married June 23rd, 2017, and we asked ahead of time for the officiant to pronounce us husband and wife at 7.35 p.m. Very specifically, it was June 23rd, cancer season, cancer is family. We were becoming mm-hmm. each other's family, and at 7.35 p.m. on that day, the moon moved into the sign of cancer. So... A new moon. It was a new moon in cancer. It was a new moon in cancer, right? And so it's like beginnings. Right. And so you can do this to really ritualize and support energetically. What can we do while the the winds are moving in this? Well, let's get married during a cancer time. It's Mm going to be supported. I like that. And so we're doing the same with Leela in February, two days before Valentine's Day. That's right when my Pluto transit is supposed to come to an end. Mm. Apparently, yeah, apparently a lot of big things in the works for me around that time. So I'll definitely be checking that out. (laughs) Well, the biggest dating app to ever hit the scene with your name on it is happening. So that's kind of, uh, you're right. Blowing Tinder and all those out of the water. Like we're so much more depth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Our tagline is date deeper. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been 
so expansive, and I have a million more questions, but... <laughs> to be <laughs> continued. Yeah. To be we'll continued, exactly. We'll have yeah. to have you both back It was great back to on. meet you. Thank you for yeah, having us. Thank you so much. Tell me that wasn't such an inspiring episode. Please share it to anyone in your life who might totally get it. And again, all of your NFL fans that you love and that exist around you who don't really get what you're into into wellness. I think this is such a cool bridge. Please give us a review, five stars on iTunes. It's what helps move us to the top and make us relevant. And I'm just so grateful to have you in this community. I'll see you next week. Thank you.